You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the eagles are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. All right, we are here on the final show of 2019, the final show of the decade. Talk Brunch Live, New Year's special, I guess you can say. December 30th, 2019, we have a lot of backdoor sanding to talk about here. That being said, I'm your host as always, Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, here with the co-host, co-pilot of the whole ship, Mr. Destin Frazier. I'd rather have to bite the pillow than sit through another nine-minute overrun. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better way to end the final <laughs> Raw of the entire decade, dude. I couldn't think of a better way. I stood up and gave them the slow clap. <laughs> I, I shed a tear. That's beautiful, oh. man. How far are you falling in ten years? Mm-hmm. So tonight on the show, on the final episode of the decade, we're going to get to talk about whether or not WWE is aware of the fact that they had a fruitcake on their product. Unbelievable. I don't know if the word is spread to them because, you know, Vince and uh, Kevin Dunn and everybody, they had the night off. But we'll get into all of that. That being said, shout out to our wonderful chat monster, Rakula, Stasis Dreams, Joe, Woe, E-Mang, a.k.a. E-B Gamer, Willie B2, Sixler, a.k.a. AC. Also, thanks for the host, sir, Mark710, and also all of you currently listening to the live broadcast at TalkBrush.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all of the other places where you can find us. Oh, man. You know we're not going to start talking about the fruitcake right away. Right? <sighs> No, we can't. We can't. Talk we about can't. No, you got to save that for the <laughs> end like we always do. <sighs> All right. Well, let's start with some good news. New Japan Pro Wrestling. A lot of interesting information's come out about them. But one of the most important things is that Wrestle Kingdom is upon us. And you guys already know how we do when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom. We may not be uh, up to date with the weeklies with them especially when they do their crazy tournaments and stuff but we always uh will cover that so hell yeah Mm -hmm. that is a great one and let's not forget it's it's the real wrestlemania when you think about it because it's never bad you get to hear this for a couple of weeks buttons there all year long you know it's not like after we create it it never goes anywhere so yeah, it's going to be a lot of cool stuff happening uh, with them. They have a pretty cool match lined up. And we have a couple of videos here I want to show you guys in regards to them. One of them being Jericho accepting Tanahashi's challenge to put the AEW title on the line. Which uh, I find that to be pretty interesting, right? Yeah, that's a big deal. Because that would mean... Tanahashi, if because uh, I think was if he beats Jericho, he challenges for the championship. Which I mean, that makes Tanahashi the first New Japan Pro Wrestler to ever challenge for that belt if he manages to get it. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be definitely cool to check out when it happens. 
And I mean, that definitely confirms that it's like New Japan is 100% cool with doing work with AEW if they're willing to throw that kind of a stipulation out there. I don't know about that. We're going to get into that in a, in a couple minutes. First, let's, uh, let's check out this video here. Yeah. Tanahashi. Or should I say Bakahashi? Because what you don't know is I speak and read perfect Japanese. And I read what you said in the Tokyo Dome. You said if you could beat me, that you will enter the forbidden portal and request a title shot for the AEW Championship. I thought it's a great idea. So Le Champion asked the chairman of the board, the owner of AEW, Tony Khan, if it was okay to grant your request. And he said yes. So if you can beat me in the Tokyo Dome, I will give you a championship match for the AEW title. All right, Tanahashi? So Le Champion, the pain maker, Chris Jericho is willing to give you a shot at this championship if you could beat me at the Tokyo Dome. You think you could do it? I don't. But we'll find out in just a few days. Sayonara. Well, it's a match for a match. That's why it's the AEW Championship Challenge. Be something different. If, you, sure. if you beat me, I'll allow you to try to beat me. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what were your thoughts before we I interrupted you with the video as far as uh, the working relationship with these companies? I mean, I like the idea of it. First of all, it gives New Japan... Um, if if Tanahashi wins this match, it gets New Japan a little bit more exposure. Not like they need it. But I feel like it's definitely a better sign. The fact that it's like they're even just like, all right, let's do it. If Tanahashi wins, he go he gets to challenge Chris Jericho. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, mean Chris Jericho's their world champion wrestling on their show. So it's like that's definitely if that's not a full blown sign, it's definitely a sign in the right direction, I think. It's more a sign that AEW is willing to have their title there. And I guess New Japan didn't say no to uh having it i don't really know how much that indicates that there's any working relationship like new japan released that statement we read on here a couple of weeks ago where they kind of said that they're not close to it but they don't even know what AEW is yet it almost seemed like now they're a little bit more invested like before we were hearing that they had no interest whatsoever like now we're hearing them say stuff like you know we'll have to see what AEW becomes where at the end of the day it's no secret that that all went bad at the end. As sad as that is, when you really look at it. Yeah. It's no secret that that went really sour at the end for Ring of Honor and New Japan. Oh, yeah. You know, they felt hurt by it. You know, they were relying on it. When you really look at it, those literally, uh, that was being sustained by them. Like the entire reason why New Japan and Ring of Honor, I've always loved those companies, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's always the reason. There was a point where the reason where people like Samoa Joe and CM Punk, there was a point where it was because of people like Kevin Steen, you know, and Brian Danielson, Davey Richards. There were different points in that company where they would literally depend on a few top guys to sustain them and make them stand out from the rest. That's one of the things about Ring of Honor, especially if you look back at their roots, 
that differentiated them from the other companies. They always had like a big act where it's like, you got to check this guy out, whether it was the Briscoes. They always had something where it's like, this is going to be the focal point of our company going forward. This is going to be the person we build around. At one point, it was even Jay Lethal, you know. But the problem here is at one point, it was the Bullet Club. And it was a Bullet Club for New Japan. And it was a Bullet Club for Ring of Honor. And when they all simultaneously dipped out, like it damaged things big time. It wasn't like one guy dipped, you know. They were, they literally lost everything all at the same time. So they took it personal. I'm not saying they have the right to take it personal. It's subjective. Can't blame yeah. people for feeling a certain way about things. But it's subjective as well. And uh, on, you know, that new show we talked about a few months ago, Wrestlers on the Road Ordering Room Service? Yeah, that um, it's almost it's pretty much the same guys do being the elite, just with a little different spin on it. Right, right. Their most recent episode, I highly recommend you guys check this out. It's only 20, 23 minutes. I'm going to link it in the in the chat room in a minute. Can't listen to the whole thing here, obviously, due to time constraints. But some of the things that they talk about is just the reactions of Ghetto. Because for anyone who doesn't know, Ghetto of New Japan is the head booker. He's the one who basically runs everything. Uh, their reactions when they told him, you know, it was just kind of like, Hey, listen, we're going to be leaving. Like Gallows and Anderson told him that, yeah, you know, we're going to be leaving. And he's like, oh, no, no. You know, he's really devastated. And AJ just happens to walk through the curtain. He's like, oh, yeah, and he's going to be leaving, too. And they're just like, what? You know, like they just couldn't believe. Like it, like the news just got worse and worse and worse. And they go into the story just about how hard uh, New Japan took it. But one of the things that stood out to me, I'm going to let you guys listen to a little bit of out the door, uh, just the way New Japan and Ring of Honor, from their perspective, treated them. So listen to this, and I'll link you in the chat room. Those matches had that same feel until you versus Tanahashi this year. Mm-hmm. You know why? Yeah. Why? It's so weird. Matt why. and I are watching it. We're like, this is a great match, but I don't yeah. feel anything. We knew no. that. Also, I'm so over it. The reason why he felt that I don't way. Know. I, don't I felt betrayed. I felt betrayed. Yeah, that's what it is. I found that's out we were getting kicked off New that's Year's right. Dash. Oh, that's right. right. It felt like we were, I don't yeah. know, betrayed a little. Yeah. Yeah, there's a huge long story with the build-up to my match with Tanahashi, how they completely changed the narrative. Like, at first, it was supposed to be a 50-50 story between myself and Tanahashi. People were supposed to be torn. Yeah. You know, is it this new age of thinking, or is it supposed to be, like, the golden age of That's thinking? Right. The savior of, of yep. strong style. And once they knew that I was going, they did whatever they could. They did a complete media blitz to make it look like I was this terrible person. Once I started to pick up on that, it actually inspired me to make the video that I, that I made. Video game. Yeah. 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 Some of my good friends in real life, Toby Fox, the guy that made Undertale, he helped me write the script for this game idea. I funded the whole thing because I knew I right. wasn't getting cleared. I was like, okay, we're clear. Here it is. It's all done. They even edited it for you. It's all done. And they're like, no, we're not showing that. That's right. And I was like, you're not showing you it. You found this out a couple days before, yeah. too. Yeah. I'm like, right. well, it's like, well, what do you want me to do then? And they're like, well, you know, president doesn't like it. Gato doesn't like it. Yeah. Okay. So you gave it to I us. Said, so I said, okay. I said, well, thank, thankfully, I own it. That's right. So wow. here you go, Nick. I forgot about so that. you put up on BTE. Yep. You know, That's right. That's right. it got a ton of media and oh, press. Yeah. It went just viral got right, right went away. viral right away. And then New Japan hits me. I'm like, so uh, if we like edited the parts we didn't like, could we like use that video? Because I'm noticing like it's getting a lot of traction. Jeez. Could you actually give it to like New Japan World? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I already gave it to Nick. <laughs> sorry. It's already on BTE right now. Yeah, it's I already. forgot about that. I, uh, that was a rough month because before yes. before that we had just gotten 
pretty much kicked out of Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. and it we had a we, bad of course we were leaving, but it felt like we were physically kicked out. It so was everything was hidden. Bad us. breakups. Yeah. So I remember being really depressed, yeah. and you oh, were too. Very, we were all depressed, and we confided in each other. And so it all culminated yeah. in yep. Tokyo Dome at the end. Yep. And I pulled out my phone and I start recording. That's right. It's uh, I always kind of feel a little empty after every main event, win or lose. Today is a little, it's a little different for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Man. <laughs> I can't comment aside from that, but uh, just broke up with your girlfriend or something. Uh, I don't know. Just yeah. You you or you broke up with your girlfriend, but you had a side girl anyway, so you know you're coming home to her. So it's like it's not so bad. A side girl. These guys. Are nuts. Yeah, it's like you you're, you you got a side girl, and you don't you're not sure if you love her. You're like maybe I can learn to love her. Learn to love it was eerie. It was it was bizarre. Like we were depressed. It was sad, and but we were moving on to this new big thing. But it still it felt like we didn't get the closure that we deserved. Yeah. It's like we were just sitting there, like we didn't want to leave because like once we leave, we walk out those doors. This is that's it. This is our new Japan career. Maybe that's the last time we'll ever do it. I think the part that was strange for me was that I'd always made my intent clear that being a part of Japan or having roots in Japan was important to me, and that I was there to help them and anybody at any point in time for the long run and I even had it written in my contract yeah with AEW yeah. to do so right. we, we did too that's yeah. what like yeah even after all this had happened we had meetings yeah. with ROH and New Japan to say hey we're open to work with you guys yeah let's do this and nothing happened yeah even after all that yeah so I mean I think like when I think about the business of it I, I don't I don't have any gripes with it. It's just, okay, it was a bad business decision. You know, like, you made a bad call. I do take it personally, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, no I take it personally yeah. because, like, a lot of the fans were just crushed that suddenly oh, we're not... broken. Yeah, they weren't... Well, like, and I, one and of your favorite characters and I think, kill off yeah, the show. Yeah, and, and I think it was very... Yeah, I think it was very irresponsible <laughs> to do that. Yeah. And they tried to cover for it by making a new version of me. When they just should have let everyone be themselves. And I think now they're sort of getting into that groove. Did Kenny Omega leave his wrestling heart in Tokyo? That's a tremendous question. Kenny Omega is the wrestler of the year. That doesn't go away that easily. I'm really having a chance now to try new things. And one of the things that I wanted to really show is my vision for what women wrestling can or should be. You know, to, to everyone in America that hasn't seen. Yeah, you know, well, you're going to have to work on that a little bit, man. But uh, the other stuff. So anyway, yeah. It's funny hearing this, like just hearing, basically it sounds like once New Japan and Ring of Honor were told ahead of time, given their notice, like they were just done with them, you know, like, oh, well, you gave your notice. So now, now here comes the the shit mudslide, you know, and it kind of sucks because I remember Omega being very adamant about that. And even without him being vocal about it, if you just know the guy and look at him, he didn't strike me as a guy who would be done with Japan. At any point, he seemed like he was very much rooted in Japanese culture and in their lifestyles. And that he, he was, you know, he was very vocal about it as well. So it's kind of sad that New Japan was just so salty, is what it sounds like, about just not having yeah. the ex- exclusivity to them that they wanted. That they was, it was like an all or nothing. Like, if we have to share you, then we're not going to have you here at all. And it sounds like Ring of Honor <laughs> right. sort of did the same thing where like the Bucks said they felt like they were kicked out, you know. Um, they were, and like they said, they were kicked off in New Japan off of New Year's Dash. For anyone unfamiliar, that's the, uh, 
the show, they believe it or not, the day after Wrestle Kingdom, they have a New Year's Dash, which is a yeah, big so if you, show. So if you, if you do like it, then what was it, Wrestle Kingdom? I can't remember which one it was. We watched Okada and Omega almost kill each other. They wrestled again the next night. Yeah, because that's almost like their Raw after WrestleMania is their New Year's Dash. It's the next day. They want to see everything that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, the, the Raw after Mania, I don't know if you remember back in the day, the Raw after Mania used to be considered always to be a big deal. Oh yeah, it was like, great. Oh, it's time for the Raw after Mania. Yeah, like that used to be. No, well, that's what their New Year's Dash is. Yeah. And uh, I guess that after after Wrestle Kingdom, they were done with the Bucks. They didn't. They took them off of uh off of New Year's Dash. Yeah, but <sighs> I think the one thing. And I think it's also a credit to probably why New Japan seems more open to work with them. Unlike Ring of Honor, they were able to recover to an extent. They've kind of like it's it's not quite what still what it used to be, but like they've still managed to bring themselves at least somewhat back up with some of the big names they still had. Whereas Ring of Honor has a fifty one year old world champion. So I mean I never maybe New Japan underestimated themselves in the way they took that news because the Bullet Club was cool and it was a big act, but I never felt that they were dependent entirely on it as much as Ring of Honor was. There's a lot there were especially at that point, there was a lot of cool stuff going on in New Japan. Nakamura was still there. Chaos was yeah. still very much in full force. You know, you still had, you know, tons of other guys there. L.I.J., Los Ingrenables. They yeah, were still rolling. They're still rolling strong. Yeah, exactly. That's a great stable. I started liking them better than the Bullet Club toward the end. Yeah. So you it's know? like, I think that's what it is. New Japan, they had the talent there, but I think they didn't know if they could recover. But, I mean, they've managed, too. I mean, we're still sitting here excited about Wrestle Kingdom this year, just like last year, and there's no real Bullet Club, so... There's no real elite, but it's still an excitement there. Yeah, and it all did affect so them. It, you know, it all it all really did affect them. But yeah, I think had, it was one of those things where it's like when you go through something upsetting in that moment, you don't know if you're going to be able to bounce back. But as time goes on, you start to kind of get back to where you used to be. It doesn't hurt as less. But so they kind of like had, okay, uh, they could have had some Kenny Omega and some Young Bucks instead of none at all. Yeah. Like he, like he said in that video, it was irresponsible of them to pull that away from the fans when they were willing to not only have their own company, but they weren't going to be done. They they thought that it was going to be like the way it was between Ring of Honor and New Japan. They would just be this accepted exactly. back and forth. Which honestly, from their position, there's no reason for them to not think that. Why wouldn't they think yeah. that? That's the way it's been this whole time. They're in this big wrestling thing. Everybody's going to each other's companies aside from WWE and, you know, the big wrestling boom is here. And suddenly they clammed up at the end. Pretty much. But, yeah, but hopefully uh, this thing with Jericho and Tanahashi is definitely a sign of things to come because, I mean, it'd be great to still see this. Like, it'd be great to see this more and more. Like, Yeah, and Omega said like, in that video he took it personally. Oh, I think a lot of people did. Yeah, but see, I never knew the extent of it until we discussed it on here. Like, we, there was a lot of speculation, and it more or less turned out to be exactly what I thought. But it, you know, it's just sad when you actually hear that. Yeah, they, these guys are on bad terms. That's why the bridge is burned. Because you would, you would think the bridge was burned, and now you know for sure. Yeah, well, it looks like it looks like the bridge is definitely getting built back up. So, not just because Jericho's going over there, man, doesn't mean shit. I mean, I can hope. <laughs> yeah. And uh, more New Japan news. We're basically hearing that they no longer have an American channel because Access TV is done with them. I mean, this shouldn't strike any of you as a surprise because we reported a few months ago that Anthem Sports 
which is the parent company of Impact Wrestling, had bought Access TV. And, yeah, uh, and they didn't Impact, want to have two different wrestling shows on the same one. Yeah, they didn't want to have their competition on their channel. So they bought the channel, the New Japan Airline, and now Impact Wrestling has a new home on Access TV. And it's also being reported that upon this purchase, most of the people that helped bring New Japan to Access TV were fired. So they basically bought this company, cleaned out that office, and then shot the the wrestling brand in the head that was running it and put Impact there instead. <laughs> Walked up to New, G- New Japan, big on, fought. I gotta admit, at this point, Impact Wrestling's level of survival after death, to me, is way more surprising than the Emperor in Star Wars. <laughs> they like, won't go away. I am impressed. Like you, can't, you the, gotta admit, if there was ever a company that knew how to survive, Impact the, Wrestling knows no, how to survive. Mark seven one zero said, "Boo that out." The, uh, this is Majin Buu levels of regeneration now. Like, <laughs> right. like, can you believe that they s- stuck their fucking talons into Access Television and 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 basically sucked the New Japan life out of it? And honest, you know, they're like this, this fucking parasite. I hate to say it, but it's crazy. It's crazy to me that New Japan has no home in America because Impact Anthem bought the company to put that fucking show on. That is amazing. There's no lengths that they won't go to. They um, do what it takes. They... Dude, if, if WWE ever pulls out of the Saudi Arabia deal, I think they'll just move Impact there regularly. It'll be like their full sale. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just be like, we're the we're the best company in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh, like God. they've already tried UK. You know, they they hung out in Canada for a while and they came back here. Oh, it's unbelievable, oh. man. I've That's just never seen anything UK. like this before. You know, like it's just I just can't believe that they managed to get New Japan off the air, bought their network, <laughs> and now they're they're living there. And and that means that guy on Twitter and the guy in social media that we always hear from. <laughs> Who's ready for Impact Wrestling on Access TV? When I tell you, I have been looking for him. Self Squires. What's up, Squires? Who's ready it's for Impact like Wrestling you. on Access TV? I don't even know the the time slide. Fridays, I think, like 8 p.m. Fridays at 8 p.m. Also available on Twitch. He'll probably add that too, right? Oh, God. And speaking of, you funny you mentioned the UK because when we talk ratings, I found out something funny about ratings a little, a little while ago. Oh, I'm scared. It's gonna be great. It's the it's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. It's amazing, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's kind of funny because I've been one, I've been one of those people where I still loosely follow Impact. Lately, I've been a little bit more, but I it's always funny to think this company, no matter how bad it got, they never stopped. Nope. They never just said, you know what? Let's just lay down and die. This company has continued to find ways to survive. They survived Jared, Dixie, freaking Hogan, Bishop. They survived everything. Maybe we need to impeach this company. Just impeach the whole damn company. Uh, That ain't going to work either. (laughs) Right? All that's going to happen is Twitter's going to jump the gun day one. Like, that shit's not a process. Oh, man. Oh, man. So they don't have a home on Access anymore, but Impact does. Impact is safe now. And you know what? I don't think Impact will ever go away now. I never thought I would say this. But how how do you get... Like, they own the channel that they're on. They can't cancel themselves unless they wanted to. Yeah, and let's be real. 
Impact has survived more than many a company that's fallen. You know, that the they're part of the channel. Like they're their own company. That's like if WWE owned the USA network or if the USA network owned WWE, you know, the two things would work together. They would never cancel each other. Right. Well, so impacts fucking safe. They're safer than anyone. <laughs> when you really look at it, impact is the only company that is ironclad right now. They are so safe. They could do they whatever. They don't even have to do ratings. They could have a shittier wedding than tonight and be fine. <laughs> and the bad part about it is they won't. <laughs> like they are completely safe that's like that's like the wrestling company's human equivocal of you've already paid off your your entire mortgage on your house and car you know like you don't have to worry about being kicked out or being repossessed that's where they are they're safe that's their home channel now access tv it's the equivalent of when you pay a bill like a week early and the day hits and it's like you know what i don't think i should worry about it. i ain't going nowhere it is messed up man Oh, yeah, Mark, you never know. WoW might not be there much longer if, if Impact has anything to say about it. They had already kicked one company out. They already got this Blanchard on Impact. They don't need WoW. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll get rid of all of that shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Impact, like, motherfucker, do you know what he have seen? Impact is that one prisoner that's been st- that's been on death row, like, three or four times, but it's just still going, so nobody fucking with him. Yeah, no, nah, they'll, they'll be around forever. Forever. I, mean, I can't even knock them too. Like, like I mean, to be able to survive what they've survived, like it's it's amazing. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. And in the meantime, you got people in New Japan looking for a new home, and they also have a uh, Lance Archer. He's uh he's the IWGP US Champion, but yep. he's on a tour to tour deal, is what is being reported. So right now they are. Uh, that's interesting because they usually have annual, which we talked about this before. New Japan has annual contracts usually, which all get renewed in January, which is probably their biggest weakness because that's how they yeah. wound up in that situation where Gallows and Anderson and AJ Styles and everyone at January at Wrestle Kingdom all wound up telling them, hey, you know, we're all going to be going back to WWE because if all your contracts are annual and everyone's set to expire in January, anything can happen. You can have a mass exodus, which is essentially what that was. If it's max, yeah. mass exodus of talent. And it's very easy for all of your other competing brands and companies, all of your competition out there. It's very easy for them to set their clocks to these contracts and be ready to swoop in with offers. If I'm a, if I'm someone in WWE scouting talent, I'm gonna have that shit marked in my calendar 12 months in advance. This is the, the this is the annual New Japan purge. I'm gonna offer them all big contracts. I'm gonna keep them, and that's what they did. Your fucking Shane said death taxes impact. <laughs> It's a persistent company. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, uh, shit. You know, and there was a smart business move made. Sometimes at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, regardless of what kind of a company you have, uh, whether it's good or bad or the product's good or bad. If you have good business management, which is clearly we have good business management in Impact Wrestling right now. And as a result yeah. of that, they're safe. There's no they, better they, word they, you can use than safe. A genius move. Bravo. Can't even knock them anymore. Like. They they pulled one of the smartest moves you could ever pull because now that's one thing they never have to worry about again. Yeah. New Japan said there are currently no plans for TV broadcasts of New Japan events in 2020, Wrestle Kingdom 14 included in the U.S. Thank you for joining us on TV so far. We invite you to join New Japan Wrestling World for all the action 2020 live and in English. So they're basically saying, look, this is done. That's it. <laughs> Sayonara. 
Yes, well, like Tobias said, this was a company that usually bounced the checks not that long ago. Now they bought their own fucking channel. Now they got now now they're all locked in into a nice, cozy, comfy channel. Not even McMahon has that. <laughs> I mean, Vince has his own network, which is cool, but they have a channel. You yeah, know? Yo, those motherfuckers came back from the brink. Bravo! All right, <laughs> they could have. They got. They could have pie eating contests on that for all they care. I mean, I'm sure they want ratings though. Don't get me wrong; they're not going to shit all over, but they don't have to worry about like, try. like yeah, they own all, all the things. That's like if yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean the pro and the product's been better as of late. For the those stuff I started to see, the product's been getting better. So I mean, dude, I've had it. I've, I've been hearing that almost. Well, it has to be at least yeah. over a fucking decade that I've been that whenever Impact falls apart and winds up on another channel, you start to know it's getting better lately. It's getting better. Hey, they got it. Gotta be doing something right. It's they ain't dead better. yet. <laughs> it's getting better lately. It's gotta admit, lately it's been. Getting, I always hear that shit. Like how long? It, it almost reminds me of people like like when you hear fat people losing weight and they're always like, oh, you know, I'm slowly losing it. I lost a couple pounds, couple pounds day by day. Well, motherfucker, there's 365 days in a year. If you've lost one pound a day, in most cases, unless you're morbidly obese, you would cease to exist after a certain point. So are you losing? <laughs> You're losing a fucking pound a day or you're fooling yourself because you're even a single pound a day. Then that means that at some given point, you should have to stop losing weight or just fucking vanish. That's how I'm looking at uh, the situation with impact. Where it's like every single day for almost 15 years. Oh, it's getting better. Slowly but surely it's getting better. It's starting, starting to do good. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least it didn't come out somewhere. The same account has pack and fudge. So, I mean, oh, getting better. Slowly but surely. <laughs> You saw last week they did. It, they did it. I got it. You know, it's like <laughs> fuck that company already, man. Enough of this. <laughs> you know, companies have come and gone, and there's like companies who have gone over them and exist now. And if we're still over here, like oh, impacts. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta remember though, sitting after this much raw, I got a low tolerance for shit at some point. So I mean, I mean, they're probably better than raw at this point. I'll give them. That oh, oh it's not hard. I mean, look, I'll put it to you like this: the last three or four times I watched Impact, they got off the air on time. Raw, oh my god, Raw was a nuclear explosion tonight. It was like literally all of the bad things that could possibly happen at once. Yeah, like uh, you know what I mean? Like it was an explosion of stupidity. It was the first time that we saw them unleash their full stupid power. It was full power. It was full power. Stupid. It was ultra instinct dumb. They did not disappoint me because, to be honest, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. By this point, by, I even said it early in the chat. I said, you know, I'm I for one, I'm excited for this wedding because fuck it, the end of the decade. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to see what they give us. I, I was more I, excited than that ever because I knew it was gonna. And you know what? They did not disappoint. As a matter of fact, even my wildest imagination of how pessimistic I was about how shit it was gonna be, they exceeded it beyond. It it, it was so terrible. <laughs> It was so terrible. I'm happy. I'm like Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Happy. Ever seen that movie? So fucking happy. So would you say you're Dragon Ball Evolution happy? I'm Dragon Ball Evolution happy. I'm Mortal Kombat Annihilation happy. I'm John Claude Van Damme Street Fighter happy. Like, good job. If you're gonna, if if that's the kind of show this is gonna be, fuck it. May as well stick the landing, right? Like, good job. That that was thoroughly shit. Like, I was impressed. I was I was so impressed at how how bad that was. Squire, they didn't meet the quota. They exceeded it for the next three or four years. Like, I really feel bad. Anyone listening to this, because I know what it's like during these holidays. You sometimes will have people 
I try to avoid as much as possible now, especially as I get older. But you sometimes wind up having people in your house that you don't normally have because it's the end of December. People are in town. They visit, blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't uh, rip the battery out of your phone and throw it into your coffee like I do. So they wind up in your house. Anyway, they wind up in your house. So, 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 you know, I've said before in here, it's awkward when you're watching wrestling with like a non-wrestling fan and the, and the product's letting you down when they're here. I, my heart goes out to those of you who've had relatives come over, in-laws, whoever, and they're sitting there watching. Like, I would have been mortified. <laughs> I would be mortified. Like when regular people, non-marks, non-fans of wrestling, I would be fucking mortified if someone was in my house. I think I would have done something crazy, like, I don't know, found an old bottle of champagne and just accidentally popped the cork against the screen to fucking kill. Oh, poop, fucked up my screen. I would have found some butterfingers and just drop like an entire, fuck it would have taken. Like it was, I, it was mortifying. Like, like it was embarrassing. Oh my god! <laughs> I would have feigned the stroke. I would have been like, I smell toast. And I would have just fell to the ground. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It was. I mean, you know, <laughs> like it was terrible on like an epic level. Like this, and then and then the, and then to even stick the landing further, they even had the overrun. I don't know how because USA said they can't do it anymore. But to the exclamation point, the cherry on top, the dick in your chicken noodle soup was that they even had the overrun. <laughs> they even, I'm expecting 1059. I'm thinking they're going to sort of do like the DDP main event thing where, oh, they're going to fuck up. We're not going to see how this wedding turns. And then I sort of go beyond. I'm like, this can't be. They even Yo, had cool. the overrun. That blew my mind. To top off how bad this is, you guys are even for the last show of the year gonna have the overrun what was it like was it 10 after 11 let me put this in perspective right now on the last raw of this fucking decade this bit started at 10 49 this shit did not end until 11 09 yeah that brown shit all over lana's face is representative of all all this shit we had to eat in 2019 (laughs) it's like that that shit all over her face was representative of the fans and all the shit they had to literally eat for an entire day either that or live doesn't wipe properly one or the other <laughs> i'm spoiling raw i'm spoiling raw we didn't even get to what are you doing but the, the whole point being that that's why they don't have their own channel and impact does even even being a company that had no right surviving a channel where they are allowed to overrun and they don't overrun <laughs> no why because they understand the concept that people have shit to do i gotta find a website of somebody like because i think i need to download this raw i think it's a keeper <laughs> like i'm gonna want i'm gonna want to have that like you know what i mean like i want to be able to tell people younger than me or if i ever have kids or whatever hey you know you gotta see this raw like this shit fucking sucks. So I saved it for you in this time capsule all these generations later, just so that no one ever forget how bad this really was. Understand how far we came. Oh man, it is, that is the stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have fun when something's that bad. Like you have to have fun when something's that bad. You almost you, you do just to have to like endure it. Like that's the only way. Yeah, you gotta laugh yourself to the other side. I would have to be doing whippets at, co- at the commentary table if I were part of that fucking team. 
I was in love to see you forget to hit the dump button that one time. Okay. You just threw it over the fucking mic. <laughs> you, you, hit, you, know, you know, I see like when you think you hit the mute button, but you missed it by just a little bit. You just. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to see the first Raw of the new year. <laughs> oh, God. What's after the last? What's the next best thing to the worst last Raw? The worst first Raw. Where Brock show up and not wrestle again. Oh, man. So, yeah, they're not doing very well right now. And I think anyone who isn't obligated to watch it, now's probably a good jumping off point, right? I would say now. You, that's just watch, wrestling, you, you can replay Impact for three hours. Be way more entertaining. They have that recap thing that they do now, right? Fox does because Fox has mercy on our souls. If you ever, if you subscribe to WWE on Fox, the YouTube channel, they do like this little three minute thing that's called Raw in three minutes. I think that's beautiful, and it just shows you the whole thing because yeah. they figure why spend that much time on USA. <laughs> that has we'll to spend be the more time right? clipping the video together than they did on that whole three hours. Yeah, really. Oh, man. It's been one hell of a year for wrestling. You know, and everyone, mm-hmm, everyone put out their uh, their tops and their bottoms and stuff. Yeah. Some people it's like, wow, I see what you did there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that wasn't where it was meant to go, that's where it went for me. Yeah, well, can't blame you, you know, we're in the age of our uh, backdoor Santas. <laughs> Somebody got their stock and stuff. So, so uh, I don't know which list I want to do first. We have a few. You know, we were talking about Impact. Let's look at Impact Wrestling. Okay. And what their year end awards look like here. Let's so, see. So, the knockout of the year is Taya Valkyrie. I have to give it to her because I can't think of another knockout that's not Gayo Kim. I mean, she's been knockouts champion virtually all year. But how many knockouts are there? Like three? It's her, Tessa Blanchard, Kiera Hogan, Rosemary. I mean, Rosemary coming back this year was, I think, Sue Young. Uh, I never even knew Rosemary was gone. Yeah, they did. Remember that whole angle where um, they killed Allie? (laughs) Right, but they didn't kill Rosemary. Oh, that was was the whole genesis of that angle is that Sue Young uh, put her in a coffin and set the coffin on fire. Wow, and now she's back. That was, that was the first thing Sue Young did when she showed up was pretty much kill off Rosemary. That's a weak roster, man. So, I mean, sure, Tyre Valkyrie, knockout of the year. Moment of the year. Yeah, I'm going to keep in mind with you guys. This is this is Dustin going, oh, it's getting bad. It's like that time that poor Willie came in a chat and you were like, hey, he's like, hey, guys, how's Raw? Like, not, <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Fuck off. You told that poor guy, not bad. <laughs> So keep in mind, this is what you missed, according to them, because these are the, the things of the year. So moment of the year, the greatest moment of all time was the world, the Impact World title being won on Access TV's debut by Sammy Callahan. So that was your moment of the year. The first episode on their new channel, they crowned their new world champion. Good old Sammy Callahan. So you got your knockout of the year, Ty Valkyrie. You got your Sammy Callahan, who's the top guy. See, I thought they would have picked some woman like when Brian Cage won the title, but damn. Damn it, Impact. See, you do this shit all the time, all right? And then listen to this. You guys are doing it, and then you guys do that shit. Yeah, I can't stand Sammy Callahan. So one to watch in 2020 is Willie Mack, right? I've been fucking watching Willie Mack since 2010. 
What do you mean one to watch in 2020? <laughs> in Impact? <laughs> I guess. I've had I've had almost a decade of Willie Mack. He was in PWD and a bunch of other places. He was uninvolved in all that shit. What the fuck? Like, one to watch in 2020, Willie Mack, breakout star. It's like, this man has been wrestling. Like, that's just strange. That's like if somebody was like, you know, you know, one to watch, you know, Christopher Daniels. Like, we've seen tons of fucking Christopher Daniels. <laughs> You know, you but you guys also gotta remember Impact didn't count that whole what, two, three years he was in Lucha Underground. So it was just like, nope. Racing it all, fuck it. X Division Star of the Year with Rich Swan. Who else is in the X Division right now? Uh, no, not not anybody like the X Division we used to know, but well, who who's there that we even don't know? I can't even think of a name that I wouldn't have recognized. Rich Swan's yeah, the only Rich- person I know, and I only know him because he was in two oh five. I guess Willie Mack? Is that the other is that the other fucking <laughs> X Division guy? Um, was it Jake Chris from what? Yeah, it's not. But at least of the, of the ones that like I remember that I see, not too bad. Look at this finishing move of the year: Tessa Blanchard's Magnum. Got to remind me what that is again. Uh, it's basically easy way I could describe it. It is a jumping code breaker from the top row. Basically, oh, right, 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 right. I yeah, remember that. the top row and hits you with that spike code breaker. But I think I saw her do it once on tie where she jumped three quarters of the length of the ring. It's it's weird for that to be even a finisher because it looks good and everything, sure, but if you're looking at the physics of everything, like your back's taking more of the bump than they're, than they're taking. Yeah. I can see it definitely becoming finished for the year because she's getting you no know, tours for like you're not safe no matter where you are from that move at this point. Yeah, but she's not safe no matter where she is because you're, uh, just, you're you're basically making a conscious decision to go as high as possible and then drive your back into something solid. The code <laughs> oh, yeah, breaker okay. it sucks. The code breaker Jericho's not elevated that high when he comes down to hit them. If you're coming off the top on your back like that, I, like how who's who's the fucking move on? <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's oh, their the move of the I year. I was like, yep, that did not look fun. That's their move of the year. Also, the dirt sheets are reporting that they didn't announce, at least of, as of this report, they didn't announce who uh, their tag team of the year is. And that's probably because it's LAX, who's now, what, proud and powerful in AEW? <laughs> yeah, you can't announce. It'd be awkward to announce that, you know? That's, <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that was. <laughs> the hell could they really do? <laughs> Because they went from LAX to the fucking north. How embarrassing. Oh, shit. Good thing they have their own channel, so they won't be hell to pay for this. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. That is amazing. Amazing stuff. All right. So what list should we go to next? We have what we have here. WWE went with the top 10 matches of 2019. Number 10 being Seth Rollins against Brock Lesnar, Universal title at SummerSlam. I don't even, I mean, which one was that? I barely even remember it. It's a Brock match. I tend to forget those pretty quick. Yeah, I'm sure it was good. I mean, you always get good stuff on Rollins and Brock are in the ring, whether we like it or not, or whether he comes all the time or is never around with the title. Like, I've noticed whenever they're in the ring, it's really cool. You know how I am. I give credit where credit's due, even if all the things around it are shitty. I got to give the core stuff credit. Like, Brock almost never disappoints if he's in the ring with Seth Rollins. He only disappoints if he's in the ring with anyone else. If you literally go back and look at his that's history. You know, all the matches. Problem, yeah, a lot, all the matches are squash matches. But because Seth Rollins, at the end of the day, he's this generation of Shawn Michaels. Like, Seth Rollins is able to pull out these matches out of everybody. Yeah. You know? 
Like, let's be real. That match is on the list because of Seth Rollins. Brock just happened to be there. <laughs> like, yeah, Squ- Squire said in regards to Impact, he thought them being on TV was the move of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, right? So Rollins Brock, yeah, Rollins Brock, I'll give it to them, even though I don't remember the match. Uh, number nine is Charlotte against Becky against Ronda for the Raw and Women's Championships at WrestleMania 35. That was a very good match. Yeah, that one should be higher on that list just because yeah. not only was it a great match, it was a ceiling shattering match because nobody ever thought that was going to happen. The only time wrestling was good was when the three of them were around. And yeah. then as soon as that feud ended, everything went to hell. That's by number time, one, because I mean, that. <laughs> the only time wrestling was good was when they were around. And whenever wrestling got bad and one of the three of them came around, suddenly everything was good again. How do you have the kiddiest brawl and then we go to them beating the shit out of each other while in handcuffs? Yeah. What a foolish company. Because the only one who left was Ronda Rousey. And I'm taking nothing away from Ronda. She was a big part of why that was such an amazing main event at WrestleMania 35. But at the same time, you still have Charlotte and Becky. You still have two out of three of the people that made that possible. How come? What the fuck's going on? You know, <laughs> like, hello, you could still, there's tons of stuff that could be done here that, you know, will yeah. make everybody a lot of money and happy all at the same time. Like, is there a problem? All right. Like, you got two out of the three. You're, like, you're, you're okay. Yeah. No, they just decided to just kill all the momentum on the girls. I guess they made their point. You know, it's like they go through phases. You know, you ever seen people who are like that? I've always had like, you know, you always have this friend who, who they, they have a phase. They're into something for one month and that's it. You know, yep. that's sort of what WWE is. They're that friend. You know, like it's like they're totally all about this women's evolution and all this other shit. And then it's all of a sudden it just vanished. It was just like, poof, no more women's evolution. Once they ran our reasons for Stephanie McMahon to come out and ask if they want to make history, it seems like they just lost interest. Yeah. (sighs) But yeah, Charlotte, Becky, Rhonda, great match. Highly recommend going back, rewatching it. Show it to people. You could show that to your your in-laws that are imposing on you or whoever the hell's in your house over this holiday uh, and they won't hate you. Or if you, or if they're still scarred from tonight, just throw one of these matches on, you know? Yeah, for like uh, power cleanser. Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, this is number eight. Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Kofi Kingston, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship. Huh. I'd have to go back and watch to give you my honest opinion on Elimination Chambers. I've never found those matches to really be anything extremely technical or memorable. I'm sure they did their bumps, but I really, just from my general recollection and feel of the match, I don't remember anything standing out to me that made me think I have to watch this. It was just more like, it was more like road to the whole Kofi Kingston WrestleMania win. So like, that was its main purpose was just to fuel that, I think. Because I know Kofi made it to the very end of the match. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I guess that that definitely is that the reason because of Kofi. I think so. It's because like that was like that was a that was the last pay per view before Mania, and I think that was like because Kofi had that moment where he came really close to winning. And that was so. I think that I I think that was the match they were showing. Like, there's a real possibility he could win. And that was supposed to be Mustafa Ali's spot, right? Yeah, yeah. Mustafa Ali was supposed to be in uh, in that chamber. I, I think that was about where Kofi Mania started. I guess based on the backstory of that match and how it became Kofi and he went on to have this great elimination chamber match that led him to his whole journey. Sure. It should be up there. Yeah. Number seven is Pete Dunn versus Walter WWE UK championship NXT New York 2019. Oh, of course that has to be on the list. I mean, <laughs> it was, it was the end of an era. It was, <laughs> it was the, uh, it was the end of that insane 
championship run that Pete Dunne had. And it was like, very, it, very believable levels of violence in this, too. Exactly. They beat the shit out of each other. And it was one of the things where I like that they used that it was Pete Dunne losing in a situation where he's always struggled in. Which is, I believe, mean, it's a known fact. Pete Dunne's always struggled against bigger wrestlers. So it makes sense a bigger one that's pretty athletic is going to beat him. But he was still able to throw Walter around a lot, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I would give it to that one for sure. That is one of the big showcases of the UK talent right there. Exactly. Like, if you ever want to put... If somebody's ever... If you ever had somebody shitting on NXT UK, show them that match. And then just tell them, like, this is what they had to deal with down there. <laughs> Number six. Randy Orton, Mustafa Ali, Andrade, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Ricochet, Money in the Bank, ladder match. Who won that again? Oh, yeah, that Ali. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That was a good one. I don't know why Ali never cashed in. It was weird. It was weird. By you saying that, by you saying that, by you saying that, you reminded me. Now I remember exactly what match this is. Yeah, so this was the yeah, exactly that, that, that was that one where Ali won and just said, you know what, I don't feel like cashed in. I'm gonna earn it the right way. Right. This match has no business up here. This was the Money in the Bank ladder match that ended with Brock Lesnar coming out, who wasn't <sighs> even in the match, and the, climbing the ladder and winning the Money in the Bank. It's totally disrespectful to that match to have that on that list. That's a terrible choice. I'd rather have fucking a Lashley match on that list over that shit. Number five, Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey, WWE Royal Women's Championship at the Royal Rumble. Wasn't that like, was that, I think that was Ronda's first defense, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I could see that being the case, because, I mean, we know Sasha ain't winning no championships, so, I mean, I guess being that that was wrong, just kind of like homecoming as a world, as a world champion, I guess. So. Yeah, and of course, Sasha putting on a good match. Nothing wrong with it. Oh, I don't yeah. know if I would have put it on the top 10, like we're talking 365 days, and would, yeah, of the year. I wanted to make sure it wasn't of the decade, yeah. otherwise I'd have a problem with this. So, yeah, it's definitely of the year. Oh, yeah. good. It was a great match, though. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Number four, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles, Universal Championship and Money in the Bank. People have been wanting to see those two go at it for a while, so I mean, and people like a lot a lot of house shows, some people have already gotten a taste of what they can do, so I think we even talked once on here about, uh, I think Seth hit AJ with a vertebraker at a house show once, so it was just like, I think going into this, everybody kind of knew it was going to be really good, and it wound up living up to the hype. Yes, it did. And you know what this list is showing? WWE is showing people through this list. They're showing them that by their own admittance, the only pay-per-views you should pay attention to are the big named ones. Because there's nothing yeah. really on here from like a backlash or a, I don't even know what the hell the name of it, or an extreme rules. All of these are from big events that were built up for months. They didn't have anything on here that was from those other pay-per-views. Number three, Johnny Gargano against Adam Cole, two out of three falls match, NXT TakeOver New York. Oh, of course. <laughs> Very good. You can't, match, not, you can't not have this. Like, mm-hmm. Freaking Gargano finally got his championship run. I mean, it was a short one, but he still got it. And I mean, the match was absolutely insane. Yeah. Very good. Very deserving for those two guys to get to work and. Yeah, definitely. Number two, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. Hell in a Cell for the Raw Women's title. Another hell it was the only good sell in that match. The only good sell match that whole night. And I mean, it was brutal as all hell. So, yeah. But really, <laughs> above Ronda and, and, and uh, 
and Becky and Charlotte at Mania would be Be Becky versus Sasha at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, see, that should have at least been flipped around if the Mania match is number one. Very odd decisions here. Yeah. Number one, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, WWE Championship, WrestleMania 35. Because of what it meant, I I can definitely see it. I mean, it was something I think, God, I can't even remember how long ago it was when Edge basically wound up taking Kofi out of that Elimination Chamber match. And we kind of hadn't looked back since. And then the whole thing with the Randy Orton situation it was a very long time coming for Kofi to get that. And the fact that I think I've been reasonable that Daniel had pushed for Kofi to get that. Yeah. And, and he did do it. He's the one who seems to be elevating yeah. people to get these bigger and better roles that they find themselves in. Yeah. He knows he had his moment in the sun. So it's like, why not help somebody else get there? Yeah. Really? It's interesting definitely, choices, it's definitely a good way to go about it. Do you feel there's anything on this list that you like that's just absent from the list? I feel like Tyler Bate and Walter should have been there because that match was absolutely incredible. I forgot about that match. (laughs) I remember watching that match and there were points where I'm sitting there thinking Tyler's going to freaking die at this rate if they don't go home already. I mean, some of the matches that Pete Dunne had had throughout the year, just a lot of stuff I feel like could have been here. It wasn't, but I mean, not a bad list for sure. Not at all, but... Yeah, it's just just some things where I'm like, uh, like example, like anything could have filled that money in the bank match. That should not have been there at all. It feels like they just skimmed across the big name pay per views and just finger picked a couple of matches. They didn't really go into it because that's another interesting thing. You're telling me there were no good matches, so you're basically telling me I don't have to watch Raw or SmackDown or regular shows because no good matches, no match of the fucking years are ever going to happen on those shows according to your own admittance. Yeah, and actually, Squires points out an interesting thing as well. Cena's uh, Cena had a little record that that died this year now, because this is the first year in Cena's entire career he did not compete at a single pay per view. Yeah, he might be on his way. Rock. <laughs> you still. <laughs> <laughs> on his way, Rock. <laughs> you know, he might be the next Scorpion King. Oh God, no. I can see it now, and it's terrifying. I mean, fuck, we're doing this whole gender-neutral thing now, right? There's a new Power Rangers coming out. He might be the next Scorpion. No. I don't know why. No. I don't know. Oh, I don't my know God, Cena Repulsa. Yes. <laughs> Guess who's growing after 10,000 years? Yeah, right. <laughs> after 10,000 shows, I'm free. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Oh. Now we're going to continue with these end of year lists. The next one being WWE's list of the top superstars of the decade. These are the top superstars of the last 10 years going all the way back to 2010 or all the way back to, yeah, about 2009, I guess, you know, you just say 2009 or 2009. You know what I mean? Wait a minute. What? They're really counting from the first to the first. So it'll be from 20, from 2010 to 2020. Yeah, I don't know why I'm trying to round get a roundabout figure. Like I have to count right. this day to the very last. But anyway, I'm looking at this list here. Hmm, very interesting. I'm just trying to figure out 
the years in my head of people who I don't see on this list that are very notable. But there's there's in no particular order here, but we have Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, John Cena, Kofi Kingston, Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch, Randy Orton, The Miz, and Sheamus. Yeah, definitely Kofi and Miz is no shock because I believe they are tied for amount of the championships they won in the past decade at 14. So yeah, they... Those two had a really, really successful 10 years. Yeah, but Roman Reigns being up here, why? Because he beat cancer? He didn't have a fucking decade of being they, top. They shoved him, they shoved us down, they shoved him down our throats for half that decade. Like He was only here all, for half that decade. There was no Roman Reigns in 2011, right? Yeah. There was no Roman Reigns even, like, probably until maybe the end of 2012, 2013 was the Shield thing? Yeah, 2012 was when the Shield showed up. Yeah, so look at that, what the fuck? And then on top of that, he definitely didn't have, like, he's not a superstar of the decade. I get it. He's he's a locker room leader and all that shit. Not a superstar of the decade. I mean, when you just throw shit at him, you got to rack up the accomplishments to be at some point. So. And yeah, you're right, Mark. No no CM Punk. Of course, they're not going to put no CM Punk, no Dean Ambrose. I guarantee you right now. I bet if CM Punk would have signed with them and now Foxy would be on this, on this list. And I just can't believe that they gave it to Brock Lesnar either. Not for nothing, but no matter who, how good Brock Lesnar is, we're, we're, we're trying to credit people for the span of the last 10 years. These are superstars of Brock, the decade. Of the decade. Brock you know, has not wrestled since he came back on TV. Okay? Like, he's shown up a half a pay-per-view a fucking year. Like, dude, Brother Love should be on this list before fucking Brock, okay? Like, it sucks that the list doesn't really even make that much sense. Ronda, believe it or not, even though she was only an influence for a year, it was one of their better years, thanks to her. That's It was the best of those 10 fucking years. So when you look at the Ronda situation, you subtract that, you only have nine more years to fix. She's responsible for almost a solid fucking year of your product not sucking. And it still managed to suck sometimes. So Ronda should at least be credited. If we were going by people carrying the company, good God, how the hell is she not on there? <laughs> And I know a lot of people still sitting there like, oh, Brock's an attraction. Brock's not the fucking attraction. Ronda was the attraction. Ronda Brock has probably just happened to show the fuck up. Ronda probably wrestled and appeared more times in the year she was here than Brock did in the whole decade that they're giving him. Brock, Ronda, Ronda showed up and appeared and wrestled more times in the first two months. Ronda was there on Monday. She was there on on, on Tuesdays on SmackDown. She was there like on house shows. house shows. She was there for Table every pay per view. You know, she and I mean, a shitty evolution. Like, yeah, she, she, like, come on, man. How the fuck is Ronda Rousey not on here? But Brock Lesnar Ronda. is. That's that to me is Ronda weird. was there. You know, Ronda, Ronda was there all the time, getting better every match. If Ronda wrestled three times in the same week, she was better than the first. She was better every single time. All the while, Brock has been nothing, doing nothing but German suplexes since fucking 2012. Roman and Brock, man. Roman and Brock are are. Uh unusual choices for this list like, well, you know Roman's what? unusual Rock doesn't make sense and you know what man I'm almost leaning towards negative with Kofi too as well because yeah Kofi had a good title run that's what he had though he had a title run he had a title run at the very end of the decade again this isn't of the year this is of the decade I have to think back to 2010 all the way back to when Natalia was in the fucking heart dynasty with Tyson Kidd and uh what's his name that other dude Teddy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, look at how far back I have to go in order to count a decade. 
and I'm giving it to Kofi for for what the later half of 2019. Now, see the thing with Kofi, I could justify Kofi a lot more than Brock because yeah, Kofi had the WWE Championship run, but out of 14 championships, one of them was getting now the what the longest reign tag team championship run in probably what how long was it since Demolition set that record? So I can understand that on that end. But it's like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, un- it's it's not the most, it's definitely not the, the greatest decade, but I think it's definitely a better decade than it could have been. Like, Is there anybody who Kofi- should be on here that isn't on here? Oh, yeah, let's see. I mean, Pete Dunn should be on this list. I, I take, I gladly get rid of Roman and Brock for fucking Dunn, because before the age of 25, the dude was one of the longest reigning champions in the freaking, in the last 20 something years. So maybe I mean, I mean, I mean, Tyler Bate won a championship at 19 fucking Tyler Bate won a championship before he could drink in this decade. Like, so what WWE has told me by their list so far is not to bother to watch Raw Smackdown or anything weekly with NXT because the, the only time we're going to have top matches is going to be big pay-per-views because out, out of all the thousands of matches I've watched all year. Not one match of the year on Raw or SmackDown or one of the weekly NXTs. They didn't care about those. All the top matches are in town. Day. They also told me not to give a fuck about anything but the main roster. Because no one out of their wrestlers from the decade is from anything but the main roster. There are no NXT guys on here. There yeah, are but- no UK guys on here. There are no 205 guys on here. Just the guys. And let's be real. Those guys put a lot better performance on in the past year or two than any other way on the so-called main roster. This is a flawed list. Nobody credible made this list. I mean, incredible people made it. Seth Rollins has put a lot into, into the last year. Uh, John Cena, if you're going to count, I mean, yeah, John Cena did a lot at the earlier part of this decade. Again, going back a decade, going back to, he was the one with the program with the rock that lasted two damn years. You know, he was the one dealing with the Nexus and all that shit. Remember, going back to 2010. Yeah. You know? So he had feuds with Randy Orton. He had all kinds of countless things happening. He was part of the thing with the Miz. He was, you know, so Cena, of course. Daniel Bryan goes without question. Oh, of course. I can literally count back from when he was on that shitty version of NXT in 2010. He's the only one left, I think. Yeah, all the way up to now. And if he's not the only one left, he's the only one that actually accomplished anything. Yeah. Miz, Miz 2011, Money in the Bank winner, world champion, program with The Rock, Awesome Truth against him and Cena, all kinds of cool stuff in his latter half. And then the, then now, you know, he had the Miz TV. Uh, and Mark Edge and, was know. gone by like, what, 2012? Was that when he retired? So Ed, Ed, retire, Ed retired, WrestleMania 27, yeah. 2011. I believe that was 2011. Yeah, so you can't, Edge was only here for one part of that one, well, maybe year, that decade. So Yeah, he retired after, against Del Rio at WrestleMania 27. He was there. Yeah, that, that was 2011. Yeah, yeah. Because that was the year they had that 50 man, well, that 40 man rumble. Uh huh. Becky Lynch, another person that goes without saying, she went from that stupid Irish jig that she was doing to pretty much being the man and carrying the company for a lot. You've never seen a woman carry the company. Ronda was here. Ronda didn't carry the company on her shoulders physically the way that Becky has and still does. Like, she literally became the draw, which is incredible. Becky went from being on the chopping block in NXT to headlining WrestleMania. Yeah, like she's like the man stuff is legit. That's a shoot. Because it's really that that became look at the way the fans react to this day. It's still interesting. It's still interesting to look at the fans when she comes out. 
Like I've never seen fans so deliberately refuse to boo something like when she uh, turned on Charlotte. Yeah, she's going to be very wealthy because they can't do anything but keep paying her now. Yeah, they can't afford to lose her. They lose Becky Lynch. They're screwed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Randy Orton, yeah, there's another decade guy there for you. I mean, he's good old faithful, right? You know, whenever you need a world champion, you don't know where to put the belt, put it on Randy. Don't know what to do with this belt right now? Randy got it. Don't know who to win this money in the bank briefcase? Randy got it. You know, Don't know who to win another rumble? Randy got it. You know, Randy is your go-to guy. There's never been a person who whenever you need to put a title somewhere, you could just put it around him until you know what to do with it next. He carries the title all the time. He is the keeper of the title. And he, he, you know, he, even after all this time, he still knows how to, to an extent, keep things interesting. Oh, yeah. He finds two ways. Like, not many yeah. people can just have a world title just thrown at them over and over again and still manage to keep it interesting every time. Yeah. That, and he and he manages to do so. And he, I, I, I could never say that I saw a world championship run for Randy Orton where I was bored. I agree with you there. Even when him and Christian were doing the whole Batman and Robin thing. Yeah. Still made it interesting. Yeah, and Randy and Randy every now and then just does stuff that's just funny, like <laughs> like eating hot dogs. Uh, you know what the funny thing is? I almost started to go with that. I would I do you one better. Remember that time he RKO'd Mark Henry and they did a jump and split afterwards. That was such a bad moment. It was so weird because I was like, "What the?" F-? Even Christian looked like, "What made you do that?" Because it was strange. It was really weird. <laughs> I've he he does that still sometimes but now he does it properly he when he whips someone against the ropes that's his leapfrog yeah i mean and very it, rarely it, yeah, he break was, that out but just doing it, it, it like in, after an rko like yeah it was just kind of what it was <laughs> i mean in this decade we got probably one of the best rkos out of nowhere when um he popped seth up from that curb stomp yeah at wrestlemania and them up RK and the funny thing is i'll never forget i can't remember what podcast it was on that celebration at the end wasn't supposed to happen it was just that they've been trying that move all day and that was the first time they actually hit it which is foolish if that's the true story which i'm almost out because you th- you're telling me that they went out there for the finish at a wrestlemania match that they weren't sure they'd be able to hit <laughs> get out that's of here a, man. there's no way it's like i guess are you are you, are you that committed to the bit like because I want to say it's either they couldn't get it right or it was just always slightly off every time they did it. Yeah, but somehow they might have catching that one perfect. Hmm. Yeah, you know. Seamus yeah, is an interesting choice. How do you feel about Seamus being on this list? Uh, so, yeah, Seamus is an interesting one because when Seamus first showed up, I mean, kicked the front door in right away. Basically ended Jamie Noble's career, then became a multi-time world champion. That King of the Ring thing was kind of yeah, um, but I think the middle of the year, the middle of the decade was kind of weird. But I think when it got near the end, like when the stuff with the bar happened, first of all, with the issues he was having with his neck, it definitely extended his career. But he wanted to become an extremely successful tag team wrestler. So it's kind of, I could see him being on that list because he has had a lot of success. I think so far the uh, Intercontinental Championship is the only thing he hasn't managed to pull off yet. So he, when it comes to like knocking stuff off of his list, he's had a really good past few years that he's been here. So I could, I think I could see that. How long has Owens been around? I, I lose track of the years. Kevin Owens, oh, has, I don't even know if it's been five years. Yeah, because I want to say, because Kevin Owens' first WrestleMania was uh, 32. Mm. So he's been around for he's been around for a minute. And remember, he was only in NXT for like six months. I think he was in and out faster than anybody. 
Gotcha. Well, our next list, another annual list here, is the top 10 most disliked WWE YouTube videos of 2019. At least they're open to admitting that. I mean, I don't know if they... <laughs> I don't know if they made this list. Was this actually done by them? I wonder, this, this has to be a fan list. Yeah, there's no way that they decided to point out how much people hate their shit. They, in their minds, everybody likes everything. Well, we'll start with the lowest and we'll go to the absolute most hated moment on YouTube. So with 16,000 dislikes, Rusev left crushed by Lana and Bobby Lashley. They didn't like that. <laughs> you know. Tied for bottom place with 16,000 dislikes. It's Kurt Angle will face Baron Corbin in his final match at WrestleMania. They didn't like that announcement. 17,000 dislikes. Charlotte Flair to dedicate WrestleMania win to Becky Lynch. They just wanted Becky Lynch to win it. I think they just didn't want Charlotte in that match. <laughs> 18,000 dislikes. Kofi Kingston versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. I'm surprised that wasn't number one. <laughs> Me too. 20,000 dislikes. Asuka versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That one wasn't as bad, I think. Was that where Oscar taps? That was that was the second time Oscar tapped. It was like we already we already knew Oscar losing to Charlotte was not was not exactly out of the realm of possibility. You see what's happening here is people are starting to sour on Charlotte getting shoved down their throats because you notice how yeah. the Charlotte stuff's getting disliked. Exactly. Kofi Kingston it's versus like WWE's overdoing it. Yeah, right. Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan gauntlet match. Part 6, 22,000 dislikes. I wonder what it was that they didn't like about that. I think it's because Kofi made it to the very end and Daniel Bryan beat him at the last minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> that one, I think, is just because everybody got so excited. Yeah. Which apparently, I, which, which is kind of funny, they tried to they tried to replicate that with, with, with Richron and Impact once it didn't work as well. <laughs> Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley arm wrestling match, 23,000 dislikes. I mean, it's a Lashley segment. What's not to dislike? And it's also an arm wrestling segment. Actually, yeah, it's Braun Strowman. See, everything in this is just terrible. The only good thing about it is that Braun Strowman didn't get counted out. <laughs> you know? Because somehow he'd find a way, right? It's arm wrestling and it would add a 10 count. Him, him, <laughs> outside of, him outside of the ring confused, shrugging like, what? Yo, I never <laughs> thought about that. This is like the first time forever he didn't get counted out. He kept it in the ring. Oh, 39,000 dislikes. Brock Lesnar brutally attacks Rey Mysterio and his son. That made me laugh. I don't know what y'all talking about. It sucks that their poor YouTube channel is taking a hit because those are like more like kayfabe dislikes. You know what I mean? It's not like people dislike the product there. They just felt bad for Rey Mysterio's son. He got tossed around like a sandbag. They don't like that happening, he, he, man. He, he went to Suplex City and took it like a G, so I can't even be mad. You have motherfuckers in Mexico just now creating their YouTube account just to give that a thumbs down. <laughs> 48,000 dislikes. This is second place. Seth Rollins hits the Fiend Bray Wyatt with a stomp. Which one? Number one or number 75? That must have been the one at the end of the video. when they, The one just before they hit the thumbs down button. Yeah, that was not a good time, and that was very uncreative. Not much different from tonight, so at least they're consistent. 
48,000 dislikes was the second place. To put this into perspective, that's why I'm, I'm saying the number again. 48,000 oh, was, no. was second place. I'm so scared. And the number drops up to, jumps up to a whopping 73,000 dislikes. Holy shit. From 48, it's been going from 16, 17, 18, 22, 23, gradual climb. 48,000 is second place, Rollins stomping out the fiend. 73,000 dislikes. Charlotte Flair replaces Becky Lynch in anticipated WrestleMania match. Damn. They did not like that. They did not like that. Nobody fucking did. Yeah, it was not okay with them to have Charlotte in that match. They wanted Becky, and they didn't give a fuck whatever WWE had planned. And that's quite obvious here. Yeah. So... There are some lists we're not going to go over. It worked out every... at the end, but yeah, in that moment, it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, we're not going to go over every list that's uh, out Even here. E.B. E- Bailey, This Is Your Life isn't important enough to get on this list. You have to actually remember this. Yeah, no, we have too many This Is Your Life. This is our life. So we have to watch this shit. Right. You know. Top Runs, This Is Your Life. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be scared of that one. <laughs> By the way, just for the hell of it, since we were just talking about him and I have nowhere else to fit it in, here's Braun Strowman on Instagram with his dad. They switched outfits. He put his dad's clothes on. His dad put his clothes on. You see him? There he is. Oh, dear God. That motherfucker's nuts cannot breathe. He's smiling, but he hurt right now. He... Look at how big that family is, right? Yo, his dad is jacked. I get in a bar fight. I'm looking for his dad. Fuck that, huh? That's a better Santa than WWE got. <laughs> That's the real deal That's right a- there. Look that's that's just, too good for 24-7 championship. It looks just like him, right? <laughs> Genetics are amazing. Look at that. Just another big guy. Yeah. He better not have a daughter. We already see how that turns out when big guys do that. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to deal with her beard. Maya would have kicked her ass, too. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's probably listening right now. That's why I, I mean, hey, she liked our stuff, so. He's the main reason I got a VPN. I was like, I can't have her tracking me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, once again, we all like Maya Lesnar here. Yeah, no, it's she's just, great. The best. We all support her. It's just the fact that she looks so much like her dad. It's just like, oh my God. Enough that even if you were into her and you managed to make it through the gates, if you will, would you ever be able to get past Brock's eyes looking back? Oh. At <laughs> That's the... That's the thing that would bother me. It's like, I, that would have been a situation where, like, I'm sorry, I watched your dad for so many years. All I see is him right now. <laughs> it's nothing against you. It's nothing just, I just, I see, so I see the next big thing, right? Like, she, she should, uh, she should make her fucking ringtone his music. <laughs> oh, you know, the funny thing, I was talking to one of my friends earlier, like, if you don't think, if she takes the same path as her dad, is she just going to use his music? Yeah. That'd be the ultimate test. Put that shit on her honeymoon. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) She comes at the fucking thing. You know that the the guy is fucking worthy if he can still have the courage to stick around for this because you displeased that woman. Knees knocking at the fucking altar. I I wish you would, Ron. I wish you would. You know, you may as well just set up the table and put yourself through it. (laughs) <laughs> oh god I mean hey the gay girl's got good genes fucking. Mm-hmm. did nobody pick on her 
Nope, they did. They did the tell the tale. And don't worry, guys. I haven't forgotten. We're going to eventually talk about this fucking fruit cake that was in wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we fucking... <laughs> These guys, he comes down the aisle doing the Brock shuffle. Just bounces. Oh, shit. The pyro goes off and it sets all the shit on fire in the back of the fucking place. It's one hell of a wedding. That's what we call a shotgun wedding. And the husband, they now go to Suplex City, bitch. <laughs> Speak now or forever hold your peace. And we mean forever. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I object. Shut up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. I know, right? If she ever hears this, it's all in love. We're just having fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we talk about this damn fruitcake that was on WWE, um, and we mean it, there was an actual fruitcake on SmackDown. <laughs> Let's get into this Lars Sullivan news that broke. Yeah, Please. that was the greatest transition in the history of talk. No idea what you were talking about. Okay. I'm, I'm discovering the news here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So remember once upon a time when all the stuff about Lara Sullivan came out where he was he's bashing like homosexuals and he was talking about all kinds of other bullshit. He was he was bashing homosexuals and he was bashing black people, right? And so moral well, of the story, um it, it turns out after bashing homosexuals and black people that Lars Sullivan is actually black. Who I knew is? you were going to do it. <laughs> I know, right? I was, I was as surprised as you are. What a fucking hypocrite this guy is. Right? Oh, my lotto cookie motherfucker. No. <laughs> What's the most elegant way that we can put this? <laughs> I can't wait to make American Beauty with Lars Sullivan. I'm uh, done. <laughs> so fans, wrestling fans, found old videos of Lars Sullivan uh, where he Find is in adult homosexual movies. Basically, he did, the guy did, he did gay porn is essentially what happened here. Here's a shot from it. And no, it's a clean shot for anyone listening on iTunes. <laughs> so don't go digging here yourself. She might watch a replay unclinch. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, poor choice of words, but, uh, <laughs> anything about that. So yeah, there is a, and I've seen I've seen a lot of memes, like a lot of memes going around that say stuff like, "I can't believe he was wearing an AEW shirt." And, That's uh, fucking amazing. Which it says A N W, but I get it. I see what you bastards did there. There is him. Oh, look, goodness. look at the way he, he he looks at you with that childlike innocence in this fucking scene that's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> look at the guy next to him just standing there. I'm like, look at this big chin motherfucker. Yeah, the other guy looks like he's ready. Like, this is not his first day to the fucking parade. <laughs> the other, Lars looks like it's his. And I, and I believe this might be, I believe this actually might be, I read somewhere that this was his first uh, scene. Oh, shit. 
That's why I said I won't see a root beer float the same way again. I think that shit. <laughs> oh, so God. I was one of the first people to uh, just. I'm always lucky, I guess. But I was one of the first people to uh, be notified of this leak. Meaning, I was one of the first people who saw this leak, and I and I gotta say, my own particular taste, not arousing. <laughs> not the highlight of my weekend. <laughs> like when I lost my last life on that Cutman stage in Mega Man Legacy Collection, the last thing I should have said was, "What else could go wrong?" I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh God. Well, now we know the answer to the long life question. Why the long face? I have another picture here. I don't even know. I have to look at it first. Oh, I hate to delay I'm, the show, but I'm I have to. Scared. Yeah. Well, no, none of them are going to be new. That's why I'm going to look first because I oh, have to no. make sure. But this one is already uh, intimidating. As Stacey said, no, Lars, have a poem for you. Lars, like, like, poem like for you. I... This generation's Heidenreich. Oh God! So the. Just to think we did a bit on here a few weeks ago where we were breathing out of paper bags with to the Lars Sullivan music, just heavy breathing to his music. Remember that shit? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Somebody was breathing out of a paper bag for a completely different fucking reason. Yeah, there was some heavy breathing on her. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. I'm looking at the image now. I mean, it's him making out with the dude. I don't know if I should oh. even put it up there. YOLO, we out here. And I just love, like, even... like, well, like, before you switch pictures, I just love how, like, there's two completely different What do you mean before I switch pictures? I didn't commit to this shit yet. <laughs> <laughs> don't just throw that into the atmosphere like it's, it's been finalized. I'm not fucking comfortable with this. <laughs> <laughs> we mean... We may not switch pictures. Sorry to disappoint you if you're listening. Google, motherfuckers, if you're that curious, because, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and let this be the only picture of this. I think I'm comfortable with just this one picture. I get the general idea. I just love how, like, there's two completely different thoughts going here. Laura's just like, okay, well, you know, I really need the money. It's going to be a tough time in life, but, you know, we're going to get through it. The other guy, I will own you. (laughs) What what cartoon? What what, what was that shit? He said, uh... Look, ready to wrestle? I will rule you. <laughs> look, I be however you want. I don't. I'm not comfortable with big muscular men having innocent soft eyes in their photo shots like that. Like, why do you guys look like this is so fucking romantic? Right. You know what I mean? Like, why do you look like you're trying to recreate the cover of the fucking Lady and the Tramp? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Lawrence looks like he just left high school gym. You seen this on Russell? Yeah, on WrestleMania today. Yeah, I can imagine, dude. Oh shit, oh, man! They knew we were gonna post it. No, it's just kidding. <laughs> oh god, that is uh that is just unfortunate, man. I don't know what to say. Look, we're gonna go into the into the facts because otherwise we'll be here. I'm just so shocked about this whole thing. Right, uh, you went. Uh, Swear so it looks like a bootleg perfect stranger. <laughs> Which one's Balky? <laughs> Coming to theaters near you, broke back sellers. So, uh, yeah. Oh shit, man! I hope I never have to talk about this ever again. <laughs> you know we will. It's gonna be the page tapes all over again. 
the page tapes weren't that you see oh my god and, and and again like with the page tapes when that happened i was nice i said i don't judge people for uh like sure she's you know whatever she's an adult entertainer even though she was trying to be she entertained adults right the point that i was getting at was that i don't judge people in the adult entertainment industry you know it's whatever it's there's nothing wrong with porn being an asshole though which is essentially what lars yeah. has been from the beginning there's something wrong with that and it's just ironic so yeah i'm gonna tease because it's ironic that after all that shitty talk like not only is he in porn but he's in romantic looking porn like, look how romantic that shit looks Unbelievable. like he, he he doesn't get the same pass page got like wow you know those motherfuckers look like they're gonna go out to dinner first <laughs> look at this you got back from dinner fuck you mean yeah, you know, he's gonna go take the mother, mother, motherfuckers just finished up the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me why I went to the notebook. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Friday the thirteenth saw this earlier today. Yeah, it must have been better to find out that way than to find out, you know, any other way. Right. You know, but Scroll yeah. Hey, someone did Jay put what? Yeah, who knows? I'll, I'll never find out. Yeah. So basically, yeah. The, recapping: a hundred thousand dollar fine was given to Sullivan because he was making some homophobic comments and that was their way of slapping him on the wrist but his porn name is mitch bennett and uh yeah i guess i guess some of his videos have come up hear his music hit the first thing i'm gonna think is here comes mitch you're not gonna believe this but the guy's name is larry canellis no i'm kidding fuck no <laughs> you imagine yeah he <sighs> got, no he's definitely friday 13 4 55 he's definitely not doing too well to say the least he's definitely yeah. not his year you know he will still be you don't want to see the list he's on to without no yeah. yeah so he was mitch bennett Mitch with the pitches with Squires put in the chat. Yeah, right. done. <laughs> We're this, never gonna get through the, this the, bit. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can barely make it through. I'm struggling here. You know? I bet he was. Too. Yeah. He also did solo scenes according to the dirt sheets. See it in terms of the tattoos. <laughs> they already updated his Wikipedia page for him. You see, the internet's so nice. You don't even have to go update your own Wikipedia page. They went in there and they added the paragraph about how you do gay porn. Right. <laughs> Right underneath NXT and Performance Center. Stop! <laughs> oh. Missy Hyatt tweeted and said, Heard any new Lars Sullivan stories lately? Will this be discussed on WWE Backstage? Don't make move with a distinguishing tattoo. Don't make movies with a distinguishing tattoo is always a good piece of advice. Yeah, or a distinguishing face. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if he used the chin. He deleted his Twitter account. Oh, gas. He, he made his instagram account private apparently a whole bunch of wrestlers reached out to him and uh he has not responded back and he's not communicating with anyone in wwe either so pretty much the moment that all of this information leaked him and all of his accounts completely went dark and there's been no sign of him since i love how he talked all that shit then a skeleton comes out of the closet radio silence yeah so JTG tweeted about this. Don't ask me why. But uh, if you guys recall, I've recommended his book before. The JTG had this book called um, Damn, Why Did I Pick Up My Phone? And the reason it's called that, spoiler alert, is because uh, eventually WWE calls and fires him. 
And his thoughts was, damn, why didn't I pick up my phone? Because when you look at it, he had a smooth ride for a while that he wasn't on TV at all, but they were still paying the man. He was still on the contract. But why did he pick up his phone? The joke is just, you know, if he wouldn't have picked up his phone, maybe they would have forgotten, just kept him on contract. There was actually this website you could go to. There was just a picture of JTG with a counter showing how long he's been employed by WWE, counting up. It was incredible. Uh, so he wrote, damn, why did I pick up my phone? The reason I'm telling you this is because he tweeted, damn, why did I pick up my phone and check Twitter? And he put... <laughs> he put I, I like how he upgraded it. <laughs> and he put Yo, hashtag... This, this segment is going to hurt to get... <laughs> he put hashtag Lars Sullivan, hashtag Lars. Should I use this hashtag Lars Sullivan situation to promote my app? Yes. Download the Earsay app and create hilarious audio memes. Oh. Best Lars Sullivan audio meme gets $20 cash app. Hashtag Earsay. Hashtag I... It is a oh. savage. It's a savage. Oh shit. What the fuck? Ooh. Oh my god, this is amazing. All this and we haven't even talked about the fucking fruitcake that was on SmackDown. <laughs> Willie said the big Lars Bosky. Go <laughs> the fuck to bed. Well look now. at the do you see the meme I sent you I found online? I sent you a big Lars Bosky meme where it's where it's oh dude it's the, it's the body of a uh, it's the body of val venus when he's going down the ramp with the uh with the head of Lars sullivan he's doing like the towel thing <laughs> hello fellas it's the big and it's perfect like it took me a minute to realize that it wasn't there was doctor just because his head was so perfectly on there it just looked like Lars <laughs> sullivan making a mean face doing the towel thing like ah i thought you found another leak <laughs> oh, yeah God. I wish we had, I wish I had the old program so we could look up what the homophobic slurs were that he said now being identified as someone in gay porn. Right? Like I fucking wish we had, if, if someone can get him even later on, get what his quotes are. Like at this point, Lars Sullivan, even when he decides to finally show up again on Twitter, he loses the right to ever talk shit about anybody again. I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm trying to look it up right now. Full disclosure. I put it L-A-R. First fucking thing, Lars Sullivan. That's, oh, even Twitter's like, yes, let's do it. Fuck it. The, the question you got to ask yourself is, will they fire the guy for this? You know what I mean? Because people are saying, no, they won't fire you for that. But that's for leaks. This is a, you consciously made a porn and you didn't tell them. You wonder oh. what Jim Cornette has to say about this. Oh, trust me. Once Jim Cornette has something to say about this, we'll play the drop on here. I mean, I don't think, oh, we might not even be allowed to with the kind of shit that Jim Cornette says about things yeah. like this. Cornette would go in, like, I'm trying to see if I could find them while we're doing this. Oh, oh, his, oh his, God, uh, this his, his homophobic tweets? Yeah. Okay, Man. let's see. Someone must have dug oh, them back so, up by now. <clears throat> I'm looking like just seeing if I can like pop through a few of them. Um, I think I guess it was the one from 2012. He said if his co-worker came out as gay, he would draw the line and make him feel like a worthless outcast of society. Uh, it's like Seriously? every time I hear a... Yeah, Wait. I feel like that was one of them. Wow. Wow. So... Yeah. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> I think you say like every time I hear a man say that pussy smells like something like I cringe because I automatically assume they're closeted homosexual repressing their, two, in, their true intuitions. 
Uh, another one, I don't actually have any true hateful feelings for gay people, but it's just part of my sense of humor. I like to explore. Just now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop everything because out of all of the stuff that he said there, the one truth was that he likes to explore. <laughs> the only honest fucking thing that came out of his tweets was he likes to explore. Oh my god. And be explored. <laughs> you know we need we fucking Indiana Jones music. <laughs> Ride into the danger zone. That's what that was, the fucking danger zone, all right. There's the episode title, Lars into the danger zone. Write it down. <laughs> no, we won't do that. We'll do this. <laughs> no. Yo, this makes this picture a thousand times worse. Oh, God. Who's <laughs> ready for a real freak accident? <laughs> Backdoor Santa had a secret. <laughs> you know what the worst part about it is when he walks in the room for the scene, the fucking light that comes up when he hits the ring comes up. Good God. If you haven't figured it out yet, because it's Lars Sullivan, nobody's holding back in this bit. All right. It's yeah. not like Paige where we try to make jokes in good taste. No, I will rip this motherfucker apart. Kind of like he that guy probably all, did. Well, yeah, he said a bunch of homophobic shit and then got caught yeah. in gay porn. Like I said, do all the porn you want. I don't care. But Just uh, don't talk shit. Like you didn't shit. do it. Like, yeah. Otherwise, you get like, caught. You talked all that shit knowing you did this. Like, welcome to reality, kid. Like, and then run from Twitter. That's the best part. Like, what you think that shit's going to go away? When you come back, we'll be right here waiting for you. WWE needs to do better background checks on these people. They need to put a, a clause in the contract they sign where if it turns out that you deliberately did porn, not like with Paige where the tapes leaked, where you deliberately went in front of a camera and did porn, and you didn't tell them that they, they could give you like a some exuberant shit, you know, like a $500,000 fine. Fine you half a mil for that shit. You better be sure you're not in any fucking porn. <laughs> if you got poke, you go pay. <sighs> I, I, what did he say? said Lars Mike can talk shit. I mean, he remember how he got his shit packed, but I mean, fucking, he might be, it might have been like that fit in training day. Fucking, I got my shit pushed in. Fucking. <laughs> you <wrestled. laughs> that 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 scene disturbed me. Like, it took me a few times seeing it. I was like, "Oh, I don't." Uh. <laughs> and I didn't like the guy before this. Exactly. It it is really hypocritical, and I have seen people say that now oh you know that means that whenever anybody says something as an opposing view they're probably secretly the thing that they're against that's stupid logic exactly. please please and that's then you're gonna let this idiot now give give another stupid defense to you that's stupid logic that is not how things work do not believe that that is a majority situation do not believe that that is normal situation where yes there are probably cases there's cases of everything there's probably cases where people have an opposing view to something. They could be closet homosexuals, but they criticize homosexuals or closet whatever. 
you cannot automatically now become cynical and believe that that's always the fucking case. You just can't do that. And I hate that logic that people have now. Well, this proves that whenever anybody stands against something, they're secretly part of it. No, that is not the way it works. That is just him. I just not fucking like it. (laughs) You know, that does not mean that if somebody's pro-Democrat, they're secretly a Republican or vice versa or any weird shit like that. It doesn't mean that like if you, there might be people, and I'm not saying that I, that I approve of it and I'm not saying I condone it. But if somebody is gay bashing, what they're doing is wrong. But you can't assume that that means that they're a closet gay person. It's just, it's just as unhealthy of a mentality to have as a person who's actually doing that. You know what I mean? So when you hear shit like that, you know, oh, you know, that proves that whenever anyone says something, you know what I mean? Like this thing that happened with what's her name? J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author. She made a remark that some people might consider offensive towards transgender people. I personally didn't think it was that bad of a remark, but nonetheless, she made this remark and she got a lot of heat for it. That's like if people said, well, maybe she said that because she's a closet transgender person. That doesn't make sense. Maybe she just doesn't agree with the views of transgender people. Maybe someone doesn't like gay people because they don't agree with the views of gay people or whatever the thing is that people don't like. But this new thing I'm starting to see floating around thanks to this Lars Sullivan situation of whenever somebody criticizes something, that means that they're secretly uh, supporting it. It's just dumb. So whenever somebody supports something, does that mean that they're secretly criticizing it? Everyone's a traitor of their own fucking values and belief systems just across the board? Kind of weird, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty fucking weird. Ah, oh, man. Any thoughts, anything else on this? Uh, I mean, I, uh, I don't know if I have anything else to say. I think that it's messed up that he uh, he didn't stand with, whether he's bisexual or, or completely gay or whatever. I think it's messed up that he sold out his own people. Like, that's the worst kind of person. The fact that you, uh, you bash people that you have values in common with because you are insecure, I guess, about your own values. Which, whether or not your values match up to mine, or Destin's, or the world, or the fans, or the WWE, is completely subjective and is is totally fine. But what's important is that you're at least true to your own values, I think. And the fact that he wasn't true to his own is what makes it a really fucking sad case. You should always own whatever you are. And I said that with the Paige thing, so I'm not picking favorites here. When Paige got caught with her adult things, I said, own that shit then. Be like, yep, and I look good in those in those videos fucking. Don't go and hide in a hole like she didn't be like, I just wanted to die. I thought about killing myself. I get that it's embarrassing or something, but sometimes you got to own that shit. First of all, I don't think Paige did anything terrible. Uh, like I said before, in a world where there are literal acts of hate crimes and terrorism and murders and shit, I think that uh, just having sex and someone using a camera is the least of our worries right now. Yeah. So then when we flip that back over to Lars Sullivan, it's not even about what he does or whether or not I approve of it or it, or it bothers me. It's about the fact that he didn't even he he didn't even own his shit. He and and he went as far as to bash others. At the end of the day, the homosexual community would have probably been a lot more inviting to him than he was to it. <laughs> exactly. And I, think, and I think that just says a lot for his bad taste and character. You know. Yeah. I think yeah. I mean. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, with Paige, I can understand her being embarrassed. I can understand her getting really upset about it. Yes, she should have owned it. 
But the biggest thing is that Paige didn't talk shit about people who made a sex tape. Paige didn't talk shit about people who got caught banging on camera. Lars Sullivan went out of his way to bash people. So Lars doesn't get anybody to feel sorry for him. And then runs off of Twitter like a bitch too. Nah, homie, you might as well stay your ass gone from Twitter. Keep that Instagram Instagram private. Fucking stay off of everything. Because when you come back, nobody will have forgotten. <laughs> right. But at, at, the same time, at the same time, someone really should check on the guy. Just saying. And the sad part is apparently people have, but he's just like, oh, I'm not going to like, dude, people are reaching out to you, trying to check on you, and you're just staying radio silent. Like, it's to the point where it's just like, you can only, you can only reach so far, he needs to start reaching back. That's what's making it even worse is the fact that, like, he's not, he's just sitting there trying to, like, stay quiet till everything goes away. Like, welcome to reality, bro. It don't go away like that. Oh, boy. Well... I just don't, did he think that we, like, that's the funny part. Did he think that no one would ever find out? In this day and age, people find out everything. They found your tweets. And that explains why he was having panic attacks. Remember we were talking about how he had a panic attack before he went out there for Raw? Yeah, because he knew this was going to come out. He knew at some point or another. And then the hypocrisy of it all. Okay, man, karma comes back around. And sometimes it comes back around. Heavy favors. I did that. I misfired. That was for our next segment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how much in a rush I am to get out of here. To be honest, as far as the segment goes, I'm already, I'm already story, queuing Don't up. talk shit if you're done shit. I'm already queuing up well, the next part of program. Like I'm so I've been done with this story since it started. Trying to make it fun, <laughs> not fun for me though. <laughs> not fun for me. It was fun for that guy. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> moving on. So that was right back. You just heard because during his conversations with the big guy podcast, it was discussed the situation with Matt Hardy, which we brought up last week in regards to Matt being mistreated by WWE. He put in his two cents. I wanted you guys to hear that and I'll link you to the whole show. Being booked. So in bullies, and, and uh, it certainly isn't doing uh, Matt any favors, that whole situation. Uh, I would say, though, in my personal opinion, based off of the history of Matt Hardy and how they have booked him in the past, that they've always viewed Jeff as the bigger single star uh, in the company's eyes, or they've at least used Jeff in, in better roles uh, for the for the most part, I feel like. Matt, to say, I, I do think the contract thing is a huge thing. And, and when Matt left, and this is how Vince and them operate, and I can tell you it happened to me when I was there, when I went and re-signed the contract and they put the IC title on me to get me to be a mark and sign their little cheap contract. And then when that didn't happen, they started downgrading me very slowly to try to get me to be a mark and say, no, 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 I want you guys to let me win. I'll sign whatever you want. I'll sign everything over. They already know Matt is, can get himself over and that Matt can go somewhere else and get himself over. So this is how they operate is... Rather than just keep him off TV, where and he did the broken Matt Hardy stuff or the woken Matt Hardy, and he, just look at how where he was with all that, and now how, just how they just have down regulated him for no reason, and it, it makes sense that his contract's coming up because that's what they do is they will lower your value on the way out so that he it will make it harder for him to get himself over again it, quickly, and not to say he's already done it before and and whatnot leaving. But it's there's no coincidence in all that, and the Jeff stuff very well 
can be a part of that. I would never argue. Bowley's extremely intelligent, and he and he knows a lot that goes on. He's been around the business a lot longer than me, and he knows how things operate. I just can speak from my experience and see how they do things when your contract does come up. That that I would say that plays a big part in it as well. And but they they've never treated Matt. Like the the stars when he came back with the edge stuff and he had all that momentum and they had him losing and he he looked he looked he didn't look great in that and I remember being a younger and like like that doesn't make sense like he he had that momentum and that was not letting the guy win a big match when he had momentum and stifling everything and they've Jeff has gone and does his thing and then he comes back they've always get treated Jeff more in that inner circle than Matt in my opinion yeah so. yeah. Um. So we'll see. His contract's up February 2020, obviously. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's the known fact. They've always been higher on Jeff. But the thing where I think they're making the mistake is that it's not like it used to be where you can bury somebody on the way out and it's going to maintain, especially with Matt now, because we've already we watched Matt get more over than Jeff and Impact. So... Matt knows it can it it can be done. The people who follow the Hardys know it can be done. So it's like all WWE is doing is setting themselves up to get shot in the foot again if they're doing the way the way he says they're doing it, which is clear they are. I mean, like if you want to piss him off and then have him go somewhere else and get more over than half the guys on your roster, go on ahead. But it didn't work out that well the first time. It's not going to work out that well the second time. Yeah, sometimes I don't think they understand where their priorities should be when it comes yeah. to the way they treat guys, especially their veterans. Yeah, you sh- you shouldn't. If, if we're going through a situation and I'm like, you know, I don't know how much longer I can do Talk Brunch, you're not burying me on the way out. You're trying to give me a reason to stay. They don't understand you're going to bury somebody a reason on the way out. You're giving them even more reason to not want to sign that contract. Yeah, you make it uncomfortable for everybody involved. Yeah. So why even do that? You know, but like we, th- that's the problem. We, we watched, that, like, we, they don't we, we feel like they have anything like the to lose. Relevant part of Impact for like a year. Yeah, they keep making the same mistake because they don't feel they have anything to lose with certain people, and then they realize they do over and over and over again. It's been since, since the beginning of time. They need to realize like there's certain guys you need to keep happy <laughs> because if they go somewhere else, it will shoot you in the foot. Mm-hmm. And if you and, and if they don't believe us, ask John Moxley. Yeah, well, he he was the smartest we've ever seen. He's the reason why oh, they're he probably, like a... he's the reason they're extra careful now. You know, you know there was probably like... a lot of finger pointing backstage too. Like, who's the reason why Moxley got away? <laughs> like, it, it just doesn't make sense because it's like by the time because like if Matt Matt leaves and goes somewhere else, nobody's gonna remember you jobbing him out with that shitty finish. They're gonna remember the last thing he did. When he, on the first show he came back and it was when he went go back to the indies yeah. like Matt's shown he can get over on his own Matt's shown he can be more over than Jeff on his own so they have to get out of that old early 2000 mentality of Jeff's the big star Jeff's the top draw Matt's shown he can be just as capable as his brother no arguing with you there yeah. but it took Matt a longer while to come around in all fairness yeah, it took him a lot longer, definitely. Yeah. And there's definitely no denying that. That's really one of the bigger issues with everything. Yeah, and, but they can't act like it's not. The, the problem is they see they're still acting like as if that's not the case. Like, he didn't wind up coming around like he eventually did. 
that's what they need to realize. It took a lot longer than probably what probably a lot of people would have liked, but he's already shown he can be just as over, if not more. So, and with everything Jeff's got going on, you're going to need a Hardy around if you want to keep kind of keep that name out there. So try maybe not pissing off the one that's not getting DUIs every other month. Yeah, true. At one point, that was also Matt, too, though. You know, Matt thankfully got his shit together, but at one point, he was no different, man. Yeah. Yeah, once upon a time, Matt was was sitting in a, what was that, trailer thing, eating grapes and shit while Jeff was, yeah. yeah. You remember that? Yeah. (laughs) His grapes? That's when they used to call him Fat Hardy? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that fucking muffin top. Wow, dude. Yeah. (laughs) I'll never forget the grapes or Yeah, when jumping off of pits of fire, remember bonfires and shit? Oh, God. He was out there. You know, like, yeah. they totally lost direction after the uh, the WWE situation. And, yeah, it kind of feels like they're punishing one for the two, which, they, which it's not like that company's not known to do that. They are known to do that. That's their rep at this point. That's why people don't want to go there anymore. Like, damn the money. I don't need my stock getting dropped by this company if I fuck up one time or my friend fucks up. And then that's just it. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, next story, because I want to get out of here. I'm sure you guys all want to enjoy your New Year's Eve. It is officially New Year's Eve, everyone. So, you know, thank you for everything so far. Drink up. So Stone Cold was uh, recently on some music video called Bad Bunny. What the fuck? It's a, it's a Puerto Rican rapper band, I guess. I'm not playing the whole video. It's like five minutes, but we'll play the part where you see Stone Cold for anybody who cares to see it so here we go put the video on the screen i'll make it even larger that we can see what the hell was going on who are you i know you know who i am the whole world knows who i am but who are you nigga nobody fucks with my buddy Nobody, you nobody, motherfucker. That's around, nigga. That's around. The whole world knows. Even you know. I'm the one. Who the fuck is you? Nobody, motherfucker. And all I'm saying, already written down, nobody fucks with my buddy. Oh, that was too That good. might have to be the one now. I just thought about it. Oh. Oh, shit. What the hell was that? That was just weird. It was very weird. <laughs> Like, I love how he times it so perfectly. Like, oh, he should have stunned him up there. He stunned him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drop that in the chat for you guys. Y'all enjoy that. Yo, what the fuck? It is in the chat room if you're on iTunes. It's just it funny to hear Stokos. He also go, nobody fucks with my bunny. Oh, that is great. Oh, 
Jesus Christ. We always see wrestlers showing up in these kind of videos. Huh? I'm surprised Ric Flair wasn't in it. Oh, my God. Remember Ric Flair? Ric Flair drip go, whoa, on a bitch. Remember that whole <laughs> I hear that sound. I, I think I was walking to work one day and somebody was playing that in their car. And I was like, you fucking kidding me? Too much. Too, too much. Oh, right. God. So, yeah, he was playing his character from The Expendables. So Luke Gallows got married over the weekend. There was no announcement or anything. But uh, his name is Andrew William Hankinson. And uh, he was dating someone named Bethany. And she recently on her Facebook profile changed her name to Bethany Hankinson. Yeah? Yeah. Wasn't she uh, the bullet babe? No. You see, what happened was he cheated on the bullet babe a long time ago. At least that's what the way the story goes. And he cheated on the person before the bullet babe also. At least that's according to stories, comments, fans. Dang. Gallows is a rolling stone. <laughs> yeah. No, he definitely, definitely is. You remember bullet babe, huh? I remember bullet babe. <laughs> well, no, this is not bullet babe. This is the Facebook profile of the, uh, of the person. You can clearly see that it's not bullet babe. I ain't bullet babe. I mean, congratulations. You know, <laughs> That is OC, the- that is OC chick. <laughs> OC chick. <laughs> you know, I was trying to think of something I couldn't do. It. She comes out to you down with OCC. Yeah, you know. Oh no, 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 he no! Up, he upgraded from bullet babe to OC chick. Oh Jesus! So now we have Anderson and his hot Asian wife, Gallows and the OCC, and Wendy. <laughs> Oh, we can have all female club. It'd be fucking wonderful. Yeah, someone in the comments over here saying that he cheated on her, on Bullet Babe and they broke up right before he went back to WWE. And he broke up with New Japan and her. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh right. man. So Kevin Spacey, there's a name I thought, but you never hear on here, huh? Right. I was like, who the fuck? Is-? I was like, who? I was like, what? What Indies he wrestled for? Oh, that guy. Remember he did this creepy video where he was like playing his character from uh, House of Cards, I believe. I think so. It was like a year ago. This was to like, because of the allegations of him being a rapist or whatever the hell, this was his way of doing it. Well, he apparently made another video that's reportedly inspired. I have to look at the video. I haven't seen it yet, but it's reportedly inspired by the Firefly Funhouse. Like he did one in the in the wake of that. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> Oh, yes. Let me try to bring this up here. Kevin Spacey. Sorry, guys. We got a lot of stuff. There it is. All right. Here we go. Here's your Kevin Spacey fix. (laughs) You didn't really think I was going to miss the opportunity to wish you a Merry Christmas, did you? Been a pretty good year. And I'm grateful to have my health back. And in light of that, I've made some changes in my life. And I'd like to invite you to join me. As we walk into 2020... I want to cast my vote for more good in this world. Ah, yes. I know what you're thinking. Can he be serious? I'm dead serious. And it's not that hard, trust me. The next time someone does something you don't like, you can go on the attack, but you can also hold your fire and do the unexpected. You can kill them with... Well, that was unsettling. 
I don't know if I see as much Firefly fun. That's because it's, it's Christmas time and he's wearing a red sweater by a fucking fireplace. That happens in a lot of places. That happens everywhere. I mean, maybe there's some stuff that went over my head that makes it specifically Firefly Funhouse. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> Squires put that didn't work for those kids. I don't. I didn't even ever read the details of the case. Was it? A, was he? Was he a kitty diddler? I have no idea. I don't know if he was a Jared. I anyway, we just have to say there's no more segues here. All these stories are just fucking nuts. I'm just gonna go from one to the other. <laughs> there's no way I could be like, well, speaking of rape, and then I go into my next thing. You know, like, there's no. There's no way, you know. It's fucking crazy. You stories. Could, then, yeah, it might swing back around and Sullivan, so I don't you know. know. But there's no. gay porn and rape in these fucking stories. How the fuck can I possibly segue? <laughs> and that is the quote of the episode. <laughs> well, there's no damn segueing here. Yeah, right. That should be one that's in the highlight. <laughs> no damn segue. Is that another one? Maybe. All right. In other news, a recent wrestling company in the wrestling company has been purchased. I don't know if you heard about this. If you're familiar with PWC, Pro Wrestling Chaos. I have not. Well, there are, uh, I don't know shit about them either. So I don't know what I was about to say. <laughs> but they were purchased by uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Wild Boar Mike Hitchman. There's a picture on the screen of them. They own their own company now. Congratulations. All you need is your own channel. And you'll never be cancelled. There you go. That's the secret formula. Don't know how come we didn't think of it before. That's all you need. But that's that's what we need. We need Top Rush Wrestling World. It'd be great. Tonight we officially announced that we'll be purchasing Pro Wrestling Chaos in February 2020. This is our way of saying thank you to Dave, Nick, Rob, and Chaos fans for believing in us. We want to continue to give these loyal fans a promotion to call home while ensuring young British wrestlers still have a platform that has been crucial in our development so they can learn, grow, and flourish. That's a good idea. I mean, yeah, free breeding gr- grounds for WWE. They're certainly not going to say no to it, right? Exactly. I mean, it won't hurt NXT UK to get some fresh faces in there. So, mm-hmm. in other news, we have the latest Fox botch. I don't know if you heard about this. I say, oh yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Don't even spoil it. Don't even spoil it. Let's just. Let's just... I'm trying not to. I to be honest, I actually do not fucking know who Sasha Shanks is. Is she in D Block? <laughs> <laughs> Does she do BDSM? Who's Sasha Shanks? America's top-rated Friday night show beginning 2020 with a bang. Do you know who Sasha Shanks is? Oh, shit. I can't tell if they're trolling. They can't can't be that stupid. That's Snoop Dogg's cousin. You know who Snoop Dogg is? The motherfucker will buy you. Exactly. (laughs) First he thought I said (laughs) Sausage I thought you said Sausage Shanks. Oh, Sausage Shanks. Sasha Shanks. Anyway, let's get into some horseman news. Because we're going to continue to say things that you guys thought we'd never say on this show. Yep. Because Arn Anderson is officially all elite. That is right. He is officially part of the roster now, no longer with WWE. So uh, if you guys recall, he got fired. I don't want to run this show too long. I was going to play some interviews with him about why he got fired. Well, maybe we'll leave that for next week for the first episode of uh, the year of 2020. 
Oh my god, Sugar Shane said, I heard she was they're going to the Sasha Shanks. I heard she was an extra in Orange is the New Black. I'm fucking done. <laughs> She's actually going to be part of a spinoff show where she gets incarcerated with the ironic part of it being called Black is the New Orange since she's like the new inmate who's coming into the... Uh... No! <laughs> no! Why did I do that? What the fuck is <laughs> Black is the New Orange! You stupid! I'd watch it. Why not? I need some new shows on my list. I'm starting to knock a few off the list. Fuck it. <laughs> Who's the New Orange around here? <laughs> <laughs> it's this bitch. Sasha Shanks. Sasha Shanks. <laughs> Who the fuck is Sasha Shanks? <laughs> and then you hear don 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 don. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man, I can't take it. It's ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> the news of wrestling has become so strange. <laughs> And her girlfriend Lars. I would. You would need five years of of experience to be able to have these kind of episodes later on. I was like ready to go on the air at midnight and talk about gay porn and Sasha Shanks and and Kevin Spacey raping people. Sure, sure. Let's get. Let's do it. See, y'all understand. Some of y'all motherfuckers hopping on me here talk about some man. When am I gonna be on the panel? Y'all couldn't handle this shit. Yeah, no, you couldn't. That's why you won't. But yeah, Arn Anderson, head coach, and uh, he's going to be ringside with Cody Rhodes against Darby Allen. Yeah, they will be having their rematch, I believe, this week. So. Yeah, we're getting different horsemen involved in, in different adventures, you know, just like oh. a perfect example of another horseman uh, that's gone on an adventure recently, Ric Flair. And Squires talked to this. If you guys were, were in our chat room yesterday when we were doing, uh, was it yesterday? We were doing Call of Duty, I think. It might have been. One of the days this week. He linked us to one of these. This was uh, Ric Flair. He he decided to go skiing, and he took a bump. Oh, no. Oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> okay, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I like the way he slid across the ice. <laughs> Dramatic ass. Like he went poof. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Oh my god! And just to answer your question, Friday the Thirteenth. She doesn't need to be the next Becky or Charlotte. She just needs to be the only Tessa Blanchard. Mm-hmm. She does that, and she's fine. <laughs> I'll go into that in a minute, but I wanted to just finish off this Ric Flair stuff because then after that, he decided to go ice skating. Oh no! Yeah, I'm not making this up. And here he is ice skating. Oh. Spoiler alert: He takes a bump here too. Like uh oh, you can see it coming. You can see it coming. Here he goes. Here he goes. Ah! They probably took the rest of the evening to get him up. <laughs> they just bring in a crane. Oh, Jesus. Is that Ric Flair? That's a great reaction for people to have. You're ice skating and you see this old man. Is that Ric Flair? Fucking ice skating? <laughs> Is he okay? Yeah, I'd be worried as hell. I'm gonna die out there. Don't let Ric Flair ice skate. What the fuck's the matter with them? 
Stop it. Yeah, he's old. Someone needs to remind him that he's old. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that need to be reminded they're old. Him, fucking Hogan, a lot of people. Y'all fuckers old. Stop that. Stop being old. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking. I can't, good, I can't good conscience write that one down. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's going to be too many. It's too sexy, my friend. <laughs> you got to remake it. too sexy. Too old, my friend. Stacey said, leave old Biff alone. I'm fucking done. Yeah, leave old Biff a fucking almanac. (laughs) So, uh, Bray Wyatt did an unboxing on social media. Why am I bringing this up if I'm pressed for time? Because I know people like Bray Wyatt and I would spoil you. He did an unboxing of his Funko Pop. I hate those fucking things, but let's look at the unboxing anyway. How are you doing today? Well, since it's the season of giving, I decided to take it upon myself to give you something exclusive. <laughs> Yowie wowie, would you look at that? It's it's in a it's a Funko Pop of the, the, the fiend! I'm sorry. (laughs) This exclusive gift can be yours. All you have to do is go to Amazon.com slash Fiend. And most importantly, make sure you all remember to let me in. (laughs) Bye. Keep that doll the fuck away from my house. Bye. I can't stand those things, dude. I don't, I don't know how, how you feel about them, but I, I don't like those things. You know, I'm so used to it because like, there's literally a whole wall from my fucking store. I think I just tolerate their existence at this point. And I mean, apparently people make a lot of money off of selling those fucking things. So. Yeah, no, I know. Tolerating them is one thing. There's a lot of shit I tolerate, but I mean, like, it's like I just don't. You know what it is? I'm I'm at an age where I don't like physical stuff that much. Yeah, I've noticed that about you. Like when it comes to, like physical stuff, like unless it's like a need, just kind of like eh, nah. Yeah, I've I've even even moving here, I got rid of a lot of my physical stuff that I was like, I don't want to have to total all this shit that I never use, never have around. And it's like, what do people do with those? They most of the time they don't even unbox them. They're just stuff. You know what I mean? Like, look, I have I bought merchandise that's now no longer sitting in a garage or in a storage place or in a warehouse. Was just in my place now you know what i mean like it's like what the fuck do you do with those and it's weird coming as someone who who comes from comic book culture you know and was a collector um but i just find that the necessity for stuff in the society we live in today has diminished most people aren't even going to understand in the generations after us what the hell we were doing right and uh, i'm sort of jumping on board with that like i just don't want to have shit around you know what i mean um I don't want to get too psychological on this show, especially to ruin the whole mood. I mean, shit, we got to talk about gay porn and rape on the same episode here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I just kind of feel like like it's it has a lot to do with people just 
wanting something to do. You know what I mean? Like when you're collecting things that you're not going to use, it's just kind of like, oh, a hobby. It is. It's a weird hobby, though, because it's the hobby that has the least amount of your own essence poured into it. A hobby is drawing to me. A hobby is painting, playing an instrument, even playing video games. You know, those are hobbies, you know, where it's kind of like it's a hobby of spending money, I guess, because you don't it doesn't. The only requirement is that you spend money. That's it. Yeah. Your effort is goes the length and extent of your wallet. And it's not even to say, I mean, I understood collectors before we reached the era that we're in. Because collectors in the past, it was a legit thing. And again, I grew up in comic book culture. You would have to travel, go to different stores, make phone calls, have one comic store, call another comic store to see if what you were looking for was there. You would go there, you would haggle, you would try to haggle down the price when they have it. You know, they would try to haggle it up. You know, the same thing when, when you were selling, if you had somebody on the other side of the counter who came in with something that was rare that you might want for your store because it's rare to have there. It was hard to do this nowadays. Now when I see people and they're like, oh, look, I got the latest Funko Pops. Of course you did, motherfucker. Amazon exists. The only way we would be able to not get the latest Funko Pops is if you were somehow an incompetent fuck. Because all you need is a credit card and a dream. What effort goes into being a collector nowadays? You can just fucking type things down, double click and go to checkout and fucking wish list and boom, add to, add to checkout and, you know, proceed. It's it not like before. We used to be out there in the trenches trying to find shit, hunting things down, going from <laughs> store to store. You know what I mean? Now people are like, look what I managed to get a hold of. Of course you managed to get a hold of it. It's for fucking sale. I bought toothpaste this morning. You don't see me fucking on here bragging. Look at this. Look what I got. You're not going to believe where I got this. The store. Yeah. Exclusive crash, motherfucker. Yeah. Welcome to fucking con- consumer fucking the business of consumers. It was all a dream. I used to wear Funko magazines. Exactly. Look at what Squires has the best metaphor. What if Ash could just order all his Pokemon? Like right off of Oh Amazon, my God, yes. He just gets an Amazon Prime subscription. He watches some Fleabag and then orders all the fucking Pokemon. We wouldn't have had to wait 20 years for him to win a fucking league tournament. That would have been for damn sure. He doesn't even have to be the very best, just the very richest. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to me, when I see these things, these Funko Pop figures in general, it's just kind of like... People collecting them, the the whole art of collecting, the things that make collecting fun aren't out there anymore. It was it was also social, you know, you, when you meet up with other people at comic stores or at conventions and stuff, and this is the only chance that you get to talk with others like you that have similar interests. That is fucking gone, whether you believe it or not. The internet that you all love has destroyed that. No, the, these these events are diminishing. By the time we're older, I, I suspect there will no longer be any of these events to go to. People reach out to each other through social media. That's becoming the new way to do things. Exactly. And it's sad, you know, it's really sad. But yeah, I I look, you guys know I've said on here before, I'm an all digital guy when it comes to my games, unless it's an emergency and I get this all the way, I get everything digital. I want as little shit as possible. I I want to throw out more shit. I want there to be just less shit everywhere. I want to go to other people's houses. Invite me over so I can throw out your shit too. (laughs) Just, you know, my Twitter, (laughs) my my Twitter is at Rick Diraman. Tweet me directly. I will come to your house and I'll throw out your shit as well. We'll make this a thing. Oh my God. You know, it'll be like those shows that you see where uh, they come to a house that's full of clutter or stuff, except that uh, hoarders, gonna be, there you go. Yeah, like hoarders, but we're not going to be elegantly going through. We're just going to show up and we're going to be like, throw all this shit out. You don't need this shit. You don't need that shit. We think that it's all shit and start tossing shit out the door. That's the future, man. You got to economize. Otherwise, you have shit everywhere. How many Funko Pops do you have in your house? Yeah, the sad part is you joke. 
literally because they were gifted to me three. And yeah. it's only because it's the Bullet Club ones. And those are good. You see what I'm but look at that. Yeah. It's it's a thing. And see, and the thing about it is the only reason I own them is because they're the only pops that aren't wrestling related, but not from WWE. But you they see haven't I mean? made it, any more sense. Your, yours makes sense, though. It's a rare limited edition. The Bullet Club is a thing that you talk about. You're part of a wrestling podcast. You're a big wrestling fan. But isn't it weird when you find, like for Pogs, for example, there are people who have Pogs, right? You have like a guy, just I'm going to create a made up guy, but this is probably a real scenario. So you got a guy who's like a metalhead, you know, he has long fucking hair and shit. He's wearing like an ACDC shirt. I'm going back a decade, I know, you know, and he's a pog collector, you know, and he's like going from store to store to try to find this one missing rainbow bright pog that he doesn't have. You see what I mean about how fucking out of place that is where it's like it because it, it's like it will make sense if he was looking for like some guar pogs or some fucking, you know, ministry pogs or, 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 or Slayer or Metallica pogs. But because he's a general pog collector, he's also trying to get that rainbow bright one and that My Little Pony one because he gets all the pogs. That's how I'm looking at Funko, Funko pops where it's one thing when, uh, you know, I'm a big Naruto fan. I'm not saying I am, but I'm a big Naruto fan. So I want to get him and Sasuke or, you know, you're a big Dragon Ball fan or you're a big wrestling fan in your case. But when people are just fans of everything and it's like, I need to get the Rick and Morty, the Simpsons, the, uh, the fucking Ed, Ed and Eddie, the Calvin and Hobbs, the peanut gang. You know what I mean? The, uh, the, the, the Pee Wee Herman, the Thundercats, the He-Man, the Voltron. I'll, I'll, I'll a wild one actually that popped up in my store a lot long ago. Remember the fucking cabbage guy from Avatar? Yeah, look at that. The cabbage guy from Avatar. Too. <laughs> the garbage pale kids, the Golbots. You know what I mean? Like after the Snorks, like how many, you know, after a while it's like, Okay, so you just want to have all the fucking things. You just want to, you're a fan of it all, you know? People have done that with mugs too. They'll, they'll have their Ghostbuster mugs, which is cool. You know, they'll have their Spider-Man mugs, which is cool. You know, and then they'll have their She-Ra mug, which is questionable. You see what I mean? I know some people like She-Ra, but not me. It's like, truth be told, there's a Alpha from The Walking Dead has a pop. I've eyed it a few times, but it's because I like Alpha. She's become one of my favorite characters on the fucking show. Haven't bought the damn thing, probably won't. But it's just like, huh, Alpha Pop, that's pretty cool. But it's like, I'm not sitting here like, where's that fucking cat dog pop? Where's the cat dog house pop? Fuck it, no. Yeah, there you go, the Garfield McDonald's mugs. Like I said, I'm just, I, I become anti-collectible culture just because there's so much shit. And it's not, again, you're talking to someone who was in comic book culture, was part of many comic store communities served behind many counters and i can confidently say that the value of those things also doesn't exist anymore there was always this value i'm gonna keep this because it might be valuable some of it might most of it isn't so don't keep shit based on the fact that it may go up in value that's not gonna happen there's no such thing as antiques anymore in today's world it's very rare but yeah there you go get your get your bray Wyatt funko pop add it to your collection put it right next to your snorks your rainbow bright <laughs> it was at least entertaining listening to him talk about it because, like, the, you could tell he truly has fun doing those Firefly Funhouse segments. Yeah, but they, but they, I, I, that, I think that's the main reason they got played just because we knew he was gonna have fun. Like, even even though he's playing that character, even that to me kind of takes me out of the character. Like, you shouldn't be. I don't want to hear Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, say Funko Pop. Yeah, yes, yeah, there's a line where you got like, you, you're kind of like doing too much now. Yeah, no, you're doing way too much. Wouldn't it be great if, like, Lars Sullivan came back and he had a few we're talking to Fiend? And he just goes, you know, Lars, I know you've done some things in your past. Oh, boy. 
All right, let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some ratings since we have to get into the weeklies pretty soon. Oh boy! So NXT viewership this past week was the taped Christmas episode. That episode did eight hundred thirty-one thousand viewers. That's up from seven hundred ninety-five thousand. They went up about what thirty-six thousand almost, give or take, yeah, something like that. Right. I don't know. My math's terrible, but yeah, they went up. They went up a significant amount. Uh, so uh, the thing is, there was no other show to watch last week, right? Yeah, AEW took the that week off. So to me, that's kind of bad because, like, it's not even like the people who didn't have AEW, aside from people like myself, then switched over to NXT. Like, where the hell shouldn't they have way more views than that? It was no longer a Wednesday Night War this week. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. weird that it's like, so then that kind of makes you wonder what would have happened if AEW would have been here this week. I mean, I get it. It was a pre-taped episode. It came from different places. If you watch this week, some of it came from SmackDown. Some of it came from the last NXT. Like, it was just all various tapings. Maybe people knew that. So still, for it being a taped episode, it's a considerably large number. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm still just a little bit surprised. Yeah. Um, WWE Backstage did 153,000 viewers. And uh, that's the second highest that they've done since its debut. And keep in mind, it's on 11 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. And it's not even, there's nothing, it's not following anything that would make people, it's weird to have a wrestling show that's a talk show. There's nothing to follow. You would just have to, on a Tuesday, after not being burnt out by three hours of Raw, decide at 11 at night that it's time to tune in to Renee and everybody sitting around a desk talking about wrestling. And I get it. I've seen the show. What they basically did was they took that talking smack show that we used to have and they've turned the volume way up, which is awesome. But it's just that it's such a bad time slot, you know, but it's doing pretty good for the slot that it's in and all the given circumstances. Yeah. Smackdown's final episode of the year and the decade the 2.540 million viewers for the first hour, 2.337 for the second Averaging 2.4385 million viewers. This was up from last week by only a few hundred, really. But, uh, not yeah. Much. But yeah, they're doing, they're, they're, they're slow and steady. You know, they're not in any danger. Raw was pre-taped, as you guys know. 1.835 million viewers down from the 2.53 million of the previous week. So it'll be interesting to see how the final one does with good old Lashley and Lana. It'll hit like 500,000 at best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's me being generous. Yeah, tell me about it. All right. I have, I don't know why I'm bringing this story up. I guess just because it amuses me. Those are usually the best ones, right? Oh, yeah. Every now and then, if it makes you laugh, you it's a pretty good idea. Vince Russo, you see him there on the screen? Good old Vinny Roo. Good old Vinny Roo. Vinny Roo. Yo, Vinny. Uh, you would have made it, bro. So this was an interesting tweet from him. Yet to get a response. Invite still open to Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan following you on Twitter. Feel free to follow back for free advice. I want to help you make pro wrestling healthy again. Not interested in a job. Just trying to do the right thing, bro. He didn't put bro. I said bro. Offer expires December 31st. So the clock is ticking, guys. You only got a few more hours and you're going to lose that Vince Russo hookup. <laughs> Tick tock. That bunny on a pole match is slipping through your fingers. Tick tock, motherfuckers. 
<laughs> you know, last chance, bro. What are you waiting for, Cody? You don't want to save AEW? Oh. Oh, man. All right. All right. Let's do some weeklies. It's time for the weeklies. Luckily, it's going to be short because it was no AEW round this week. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? Before we do weeklies, one last thing. I just wanted to basically bring up a list of departures that I have here. These are the dearly departed. I wish I had like a song or something for them. Oh, no. I don't. So if you're waiting for a setup or something, I was just thinking it would have been nice to have like some sort of a song for all of those that are that are dearly departed uh, wrestlers. You have any suggestion? It's so hard to say oh. goodbye to yesterday. That works. <laughs> All the way to see if you hit that high note, too. You got to, man. You can't do that shit without the high note. <laughs> you're a sellout. You don't do that shit properly. I dare you to fuck up that high note at the end. You get that yee in there. Your kids don't deserve a Christmas if you fuck that up. Yeah, I said it. And what? (laughs) I got, I think I got one here. Oh, God. Just give me a minute to cue this up. Like I said, we don't plan everything. We're live, folks. I'm saying the stuff we don't plan comes out better than the stuff Raw does, so... There we go. I just like it from Life is Strange. All right, let's go over people that WWE has lost in 2020, or in 2019, rather, going into 2020. Dean Ambrose, gone over at AEW. Hideo Tommy, back to New Japan. Luke Gallows. No longer a bludgeon brother. The Ascension. Luke Harper. Yeah, Luke Harper. (laughs) (laughs) The Ascension. No longer ascending. Sin Cara. Sin Job. That was fucked up, I know. Jim Ross. Gone as of March. Over at AEW. Rhino. According to him, WWE offered him double his contract to stay at home, but he decided to leave anyway. And now he's good with RVD and Impact. TJP, stealth released. Rumor is that he had tattoos that they did not like back in Impact Wrestling. Ty Dillinger, now in AEW as Sean Spears after being underappreciated. Goldust. Left WWE on 4-20, April 20th, and showed up at AEW and was a backstage coach. Dean Malenko also left in April after being there for 18 years, now coaching for AEW. Percy Watson, I didn't even know he was gone, but they let him go. He wanted to leave in order to do some other projects. Yeah, he used to be a commentator at NXT tomorrow, and now, gone. Jordan Miles was given an honorable discharge. <laughs> you call that honorable, okay. Arn Anderson fired from his job as backstage producer because of the fact that he let Alicia Fox wrestle drunk, supposedly. And uh, is now with AEW. Eric Bischoff, executive director of Friday Night Smackdown in July. Where was he gone? Four months later. 
Dasha Fuentes. Basically fired because they considered her robotic. Their words, not mine. Now it's Dasha, Dasha Gonzalez in AEW. Wow. That was sad. It's funny because of how much happier a lot of those people on that list are now. Right. Freaking Ambrose is crawling through glass and getting ripped up by barbed wire by having more fun than ever having to talk about pooper scooper. Uh, so sad. It's a different yeah. world going into this next year, huh? Yeah. We got a world where WWE doesn't know what the fuck to do with people. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe in 2020, that whole facade of them being the Mecca will finally die already. They're the Mecca, then you walk in the door and realize they are the gas station. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, hey. After that shit I had to deal with tonight, that it took a nine-minute overrun? Yeah. They, yeah, they really screwed you guys, man. Chip, you know what? You just made the list! Oh, no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you, Prunai. Thank you for the follow, sir. Welcome to Talk Brunch. We talk a lot of shit on here about wrestling, as you can clearly yeah. see. Well, we have fun. But yeah, exactly. But we have fun. All right. We're going to talk about the weeklies again. We've changed our format. You don't need people here telling you move for move. I'd like to think that we have the smartest uh, community. You know, you don't need us dictating, but we're just going to talk about the notable stuff and some of the stuff that Destin was to run down on the card here. I guess, uh, is there anything on NXT even concernable? I don't, I barely even remember. I know it's just a bunch of random matches. They were just like, here, have some matches. I mean, we got the first, basically the NXT debut of a former Evolve champion, Austin Theory, because he answered uh, Roderick Strong's open challenge. Yeah, he did pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they beat the holy shit out of each other as expected, so it it was was cool to see, because I think we saw him show up uh, in the crowd at the last takeover. Yeah, it was 50-50 till the end, and then Roderick, of course, kills him. Yeah, Roderick, (laughs) Roderick finished him off, but it was good. Oh, I definitely look to see a lot more from Austin Theory in the near future. I mean, from what I did see of him at that 10th anniversary show, it was fantastic. So, it's, yeah, it's gonna be. It was a hell of yeah. a ride. It was gonna be great. Awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah, I like the match between uh, Dijakovic and Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed, another guy. He got thick on his shirt, but guess what? He's not bitching on Twitter. But uh, oh, Punai, <laughs> we're getting to rough. Don't even get me started. Don't worry. Don't even get me Why started. Why you this so fast? I don't, don't even get me started on. I don't even know what I'm gonna say. Oh God, this is I'm nervous about thing. getting to Raw. Pr- Pr- all I'm saying is just stick around and don't drink anything during it because you'll spit it all over whatever you're watching us on. But, uh, and then of course I enjoyed the main event. That uh, I like the team. I feel like because they did announce the Dusty Classic is coming up, we might have a formidable team in Keith Lee and Leo Rush. Yes, yes, we might. And, but I love Keith Lee did the did the spot again, but this time with the Santa hat. I like the fact that this is a callback. If you remember, Keith Lee and Leo Rush were friends in Ring of Honor. Yeah, not many people knew that. I didn't even know that until uh, you mentioned it. And I looked back and it was like, yeah, dude. Yeah, they they had like a little reunion. I don't know if I could find it, but when he first when Leo Rush first showed up there, they had like a little backstage reunion where he like hugs him. <laughs> He like holds him up in the air and stuff. It was pretty funny. What I love is that because they did uh, the finish to it, what they hit, I think it was Tony Nice with the, uh, it was, no, it was either Nice or Priest, I can't even remember. But they hit him with like the whole standing on the shoulders and hitting the final hour. I didn't realize that Leo still had cookies in his mouth. 
I didn't know that. That motherfucker came out of that pen chewing on cookies. I was like, what the fuck is he eating? Oh, he had a cookie. It's Christmas, man. <laughs> that's a new level of confidence where you go pin a man with cookies in your mouth. Maybe that's the, that, that's how we should all get through Raw together from now on. Everyone in the audience, the wrestlers, the ref, us, we should all have cookies. There you go. That'll fix it. They should just provide cookies each time this is going to happen to us. Like, at this point, if you go suffer some shit, you better give me something for free. Fuck y'all. Like, we... Yeah, piles of cookies, too. Mountains of cookies, enough that I could take a bite each time something goes wrong. You're going to run out of cookies. No, that's why I said mountains of cookies. You know, give me wrong. No, you'll run out of cookies. cookies. Yeah, probably, right? (laughs) Because mountains of shit seem to go wrong nowadays. Oh, God, it's... Fuck, I'm going to get diabetes. You keep playing like that. What's wrong with you? You don't want to have Monday night beaters? We're going to, oh man, this is going to be fun. I, just, <laughs> I can't I wait just, to get the raw. <laughs> I just realized, <laughs> I'm not even going to spoil it, but I just realized that when they went off the air on USA Network, they kept rolling. So we're going to have a little bit more to show. Oh, no. <laughs> they, they just can't leave, can they? Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like there should be <gasps> someone with a giant gong after some point. It's going to get the fuck out, out. Turn this off already. It was so bad. I don't know if you caught it. I was counting down the minutes in the fucking chat room. Right when it started. All right, 11 minutes. Let's go. And then they, and then they five, hit you. Five they minutes. You with the overrun. Back in the chat room. Will you tell you? I was counting that shit down. They, and they hit you with an overrun. I love it. I love that they made you stay there. So I, <laughs> I don't know why. But something told me when it hit that moment, I was like, start counting down. Yeah. <laughs> to count down almost twice as much. By the time I'm sitting there, nine minute over. All right. Where were we? We got to get this damn shit out of the way. Smackdown. Okay. Well, uh, Smackdown, just notable things. I don't want to sit here all day with Smackdown, but uh, Roman Reigns winds up getting into a fight with, with uh, Corbin and Sanjay Dutt was actually one of the guys out there, right? Yeah, Sanjay showed up again. You know. You've been showing up in those All the Kings horses, All the Kings men segments a lot lately. And that's what it was. It was pretty much one of those segments Corbin carried out, which that's overdone at this point. They're carrying him out on his throne. And then when they hear the Roman music, they freak out. And like they, they, which is funny because you could see they purposely tilted Roman so you could slide over, but they freak out. He's like, what are you doing dropping me? And Roman gets the better of him and the two of them fight. Sanjay Duck comes out with all of the Kings horses, All the Kings men. And that's that segment. Uh, what else happened that was notable? I, I like that bump that Kofi took over the announce table when Cesaro hit him with the running European uppercut. I love the way he sold that flying over that shit like that. Really cool. Yo, the speed Cesaro generates is frightening. Yeah. I'd be scared to take that spot. I don't care how much I trust him. Best looking uppercut in wrestling, you know? I'm telling you, man. He, and, they, and he hits them from the best angle, so they keep looking better. I never get tired of it. Mm-hmm. I like the heels distraction backfiring and Kofi winds up taking out Nakamura with that lid. What was it, a trash can lid or something? And Nakamura went for it and he winds was... up something that was flat. You know, and he winds up knocking him out with that instead and it backfires and the baby faces go over. Uh, what else was notable? Braun Strowman's trans- transformation into the next big show is complete and he dances with the new day. Hashtag get these hips. Yep. Because <sighs> that's the only thing he's going to get because he damn sure ain't getting titles. Yeah. I mean, Carmella got pyro again and a win. <laughs> uh-huh. And now we finally get to talk about this damn fruitcake. 
the second fruitcake, the more over fruitcake. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about as the first. But uh, yeah, Otis, this, this, is, <laughs> this is the continuation of the ham from last week, folks. And Otis gifts, gifts Mandy Rose a fruitcake. He comes in, he's like, my mother made this fruitcake, and he's handing her her fruitcake. I bet you guys were thinking negative shit this whole time. That's why we had to talk about the fruitcake on wrestling. You see where your mind's wandering to. It was an actual fruitcake. But anyway, yeah, he gives Mandy Rose a fruitcake, and it made me wonder when I watched this. Does anyone on SmackDown (laughs) believe in Tupperware? Right? Like, is there not, like, a Dollar Tree or a fucking Stop and Shop or something in any of the towns that they visit? Whenever you bring food to people... Especially during Christmas. Anyone who works at offices knows this. When was the last time somebody just came in holding like a fucking tray of something? Like from their house. Like, hey, I just came in wearing my wrestling gear holding a tray of cooked food without any cover or anything. Like, what are you doing walking around backstage? And then it's funnier when you know the law of wrestling. So you're basically telling me that you made a conscious decision to have this elegant meal prepared. And then you walked into what's potentially every week a battle zone. And went, hey, you guys want to eat something? Like, why? At least try a little bit. You know, I get that it's wrestling. We shouldn't look too much into it. But how many different things with no cover are you going to bring to SmackDown to get destroyed? Does anyone eat food on the show? I mean, I'm sorry. I I refuse to believe you get to a point where the pyro going off unexpectedly doesn't scare you. Like, what? Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. But what were you going to say? You were going to mention something just before I started talking. Anything else on SmackDown notable to you? Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much besides that, after everything else, the only thing else we got, uh, Daniel Bryan and The Miz, which was supposed to be a three-way between Miz, Daniel Bryan, and Corbin to start the show, but Roman interrupted that. See who faces the Fiend at uh, the Rumble. Yeah, you're walking around a bunch of sweaty people and shit in a backstage area with a cake or a fucking ham. I wouldn't eat that. Like, come on, man. It's flu season and shit. Yes, they said not even a Ziploc bag. Nothing. Nothing. No cover whatsoever. You're asking for somebody to destroy that shit, you know? So this week's SmackDown has already been taped. It's already in the can, if you will. I guess so that people can spend time with their families on New Year's. And that being said, Roman Reigns, once the show ended, gave a New Year's speech. We do not know yet whether or not this is actually going to be included in the SmackDown taping. Maria Menounos was also out there with him. But I'm going to have it here and link you guys to it so you can check it out. What a year it has been. I know for a fact that I wouldn't be standing here in the ring that I love, in front of all the fans that I love. If it wasn't for all the support, all of the blessings, all the thoughts and prayers that you sent my way, so we're not getting out of this here until I thank you one more time. I wouldn't have the honor and the privilege to stand here and say on behalf of the WWE, the WWE Universe, Happy New Year's, y'all. What the hell Maria was doing out there? She was being Maria. No 
nothing sucks more than when you go to an event and the seats you get for shots like that, the best you can do is film the screen. Oh my God. Like your seats are such nosebleed that you gotta, your best bet is to just look at the screen. You're at, you're at, you're at Smackdown the movie. Fucking Marxist or Roman's the daddy. Hell no. Yeah, somebody's definitely the daddy there. You know, it ain't David. Yeah. Is it time to talk about Raw? Yep. So, uh, <laughs> we'll go through everything. So, first of all, I do like the idea of Owens and Joe teaming up. Like I said in the chat room earlier, two of the most dominant Ring of Honor world champions. Uh, the match between Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black was very good. King annoyed me a little bit during that match because it was such King a good match. King annoyed me lately during everything. It was such a good match, but it's almost like I wonder if he's paying attention to, to this as much as he used to, because there was a point in this match that I really liked where uh, Alistair Black is on the floor and Buddy Murphy does that thing that Alistair Black usually does where he brings, yeah. uh, let me see how I could describe. It. He basically brings yeah. Alistair Black up by the chin with his foot. Yeah. And for anyone that knows Alistair Black, that's his setup for his finish. He kind of lifts you yeah. by the chin with his foot. And then once your head's up, yeah. pow. You know? Yeah, because the whole thing is like you don't have the strength to get up, so he just slowly picks you up because you can't resist, and then it's just lights out. So Murphy, you know, and these two, and I love this match because it's 50-50. These two are going back and forth. They're trying to one-up each other. That was Buddy Murphy trying to sort of mock him, like I'm going to hit him with his own shit. And it goes yeah. over King's head, and he's like, is he trying to get this guy to kiss his foot? I'm like, no, King. That King is, just doesn't fucking not, like King's commentary and his one liners just annoy me nowadays. Like, I think that's why, like, whenever there's a funny one, it just goes right over my head because I'm too busy being irritated by him. Yeah, and it happened a few times where he brings up the foot fetish again. I'm like, dude, nobody's trying to. They're both trying to hit that move. No, this has nothing to do. I get it. You came from a foot kissing era. You were in a foot kissing angle with Brett. I remember. I was there. We're not. That's not what we're, going, what we're fucking doing right now. You know, it's like I don't know why you would think that. Well, I don't know if he was trying to be funny. If he was, it was a miss. If he genuinely thought that's what it was, then it was a miss. So we miss either way. Yeah. It was a fantastic match. I mean, once again, they beat the shit out of each other. Like I could watch these guys fight once a month for the rest of my days, and I never get bored. Mm-hmm. By the way, before we even continue, we we didn't even talk about the fate of the fruitcake. The fruitcake gets destroyed. On SmackDown, people are like, what the hell happened to the fruitcake? They segued away. The fruitcake gets destroyed. Dolph Ziggler decides that he wants to fuck Mandy Rose out of, <laughs> out of the blue, out of the blue. He's never had a scene with her or anything. And all of a sudden, he's like, yo, Mandy Rose, I could fuck you. What are you going to do with eating this fruitcake? Can't, I can't I'll eat food the world, baby. <laughs> I can't get pussy if you eat this fruitcake. And he just stomps on it. And it's just the weirdest <laughs> justification ever. Like, it's just like, all right, fuck the fruitcake. And she's just looking at, like, she, it's funny because the only time that I've seen food destroyed in front of someone where it made sense because she looked almost too confused to move. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. And it just kind of walks away. <laughs> kind of like, just bad, 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 bad writing. <sighs> The fact that the fruitcake was, like, an important thing. The fact that people are so quick to destroy food, he should have eaten it. That would have been a heel thing to do. Motherfucker's wasting food. Shit. (laughs) No. Unfortunate. Very unfortunate stuff. starving kids in Africa could have had their fruitcake. You brat bastards fucking destroyed it. Yeah. Anyway, back to to Raw. We have this Rowan match against the Jobber. This is already redundant and stupid. Why does it have to keep being Jobbers that are both scared of Rowan? And more curious about what his pet is than they are concerned to win the match. 
That's not believable. You expect me to believe that somebody get makes it to Raw and they're like, my big break, finally here, my chance to be the WWE superstar. And then they go, but I'm much more curious about what's underneath that blanket over there with the cage. No one, like, and then like to be intimidated by him, like, who, it's, it's just strange. You know, I, I get what they're going for, but it's not believable that everyone's going to have the same reaction. Try to be different. And the worst part about it is the lack of effort in trying to actually take the thing off. If it's me, I'm running by, grabbing the top, and yanking the bitch off. I'm not trying to get a peek. I'm not trying to see if I can see through the hole. Like, I'm drive-by in that shit. And does it really matter? Does anybody give a shit about what's in there? Everyone, at this point, the real it's fans... It's going to be disappointing no matter what it is. Exactly. At this point, the fans are just excited to see in what way they're going to be fucking disappointed. Yeah. They can't wait to be let down. They're, they're, they're taking bets on how underwhelming that's just going to be. You know, WWE's become the equivocal of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air's father. It's kind of like every now and then they just come around to shit all over us again. Oh, shit. What kind of what kind of surprise are we not going to get, Dad? And, and, and by eleven o'clock, we're sitting here with Uncle Phil. Why don't he love me, man? Yeah, why don't why don't Ron love me no more, man? Yo, that's he fucked me up, don't <laughs> <laughs> We joke, but the first time I saw that scene, that scene fucked me up. Get out of here with this shit. <laughs> it's almost like someone goes across the entire Raw program and just tries to, with a with a yellow highlight marker, just ruin whatever they can. Because following this, Natalia and Charlotte are having a great match. And I get that there's going to be a commercial break, but how disrespectful that they have the 24-7 shit during her match. They all run through, oh, don't forget that there's a 24-7 title and they're all running. No one cares about it when you do it that way. And I'm not saying that the 24-7 title is useless or that it doesn't have its funny moments, but all of those funny and amusing moments happen backstage or out on the street whenever there's a match happening and they all just come running down the ramp and sliding in the ring and running through the crowd that's not entertaining that's actually fucking stupid the match is good yeah and i get it charlotte got to big boot somebody who was that mojo might have been like like do that shit during the rowan match when nobody cares and we need something to laugh about (sighs) man you know and then after commercial it's like nothing the match just still continues i get it they just wanted to make take a little break there but it's always a 24 7 title you know, OC uh, versus the Street Profits. I always say on here that Montez Ford looks like a stripper and that tongue thing doesn't help at all. That little tongue shit that he's doing. You know what, what I mean? He looks like if Jazzy Jeff became a stripper. Oh, God. That's the second Fresh Prince reference of one raw. That's when you know it's rough. <laughs> you know, and uh, Street Profits at least go over, so good for them. This is them going over again, but I mean, I guess everyone, it's a rite of passage to go over Gallows and Anderson. Yeah. Which, I mean, that basically set up, what, a three-way for the Raw Tag Titles next week. And I wasn't able to find it before I came on the show, but they do a backstage promo afterwards, the Street Profits, and it was so bad. (sighs) Like, it was probably the worst I've ever seen them do. Man, I wish we could have gotten a hold of it. Because you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it from WWE. I could promise you that. Like, they are going to bury that shit. But basically, they try to make it where... uh, Which one's the one that's not the stripper again? Angelo Dawkins. Angelo Dawkins, right. They try to make it where Angelo Dawkins is like the intellectual here. And he's trying to explain to Montez Ford about alternate universes and parallel worlds and shit 
and he forgets his lines. He stutters through a lot of it. Like you could see him struggling. You could start. It almost looks like Ric Flair ice skating. You could see where he's about to start falling. Like, <laughs> you see the speed wobbles. <laughs> he stutters through most of it. And then he did that thing that Roman did that one time where he forgot his line. So he freezes mid promo. But then he did that thing that a third grader does when they get stuck on a word in school and he doesn't continue. He just stays there, but he never picks it back up. He never recovered. He just stopped the end right there on fucking live TV. All I'm saying is a full disclosure that never happened in NXT. I don't know. Maybe it's just because because you go to shit when you go to the main roster. That's because of that thing that they wrote for him. I hope somebody can convey that message to them. That thing that they wrote for him was garbage. And him trying to recite that shit is what messed him up. You can tell that somebody wrote that shit for him. See, the thing about it is with those two, when you just let them do their thing, they never have this issue. It might come out irritating as all hell sometimes, but nobody ever forgets what the shit they're going to say. Yeah, it's always at least a little bit entertaining. Like there's certain wrestlers you shouldn't be doing it in general, but there's certain wrestlers you can't just sit there and feed them fucking lines. These two are prime examples of it. Yeah, I'm they got over to... an NXT with nobody feeding them shit. Yeah, it was cringy, man. It was like really cringy. And yeah, like Stacey said, just let him have the smoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking on Twitter because Twitter's probably a better source to find that right now because it ain't on YouTube. I, and it's, you're not going to find it on the replay. There's WWE's definitely going to have to clean that shit up. If they can't clean Lana's face, they could at least clean that promo. They can't even do that right. It's just like, this is why this is why just, we talked about that whole thing with Ciampa not ever wanting to leave NXT. Shit like this is the reason why. Yeah, no, it is because the you Because when you downgrade to Raw and SmackDown, this is what happens. But again, and they chose, and you know what, I hate to say it, but Montez Ford is the better guy on the mic. Yeah, he, you know he's more I mean? natural on the mic. I get what they were going for, but you gave the hardest lines to the to the guy who's weaker on the mic, and and he flubbed them. And I could see that he was flubbing them throughout the whole thing. I just didn't expect it to get so bad that he uh that he would just stop talking. You know, he did that. He did that thing in like the first Jurassic World. If they if I the first Jurassic Park, if I don't move, they won't see me. He did that thing like in the Matrix, and they unplug you in your chair. Oh shit! They were like, look. Angelo Dawkins is in, but he's not moving. The motherfucker started buffering like a Pornhub movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for the fucking hourglass to pop on a curse or somebody moving around trying to get the shit to unlock. I'm so mad that I can't find this botch. We'll have it by next week, man. But I just can't believe, like, this whole time I've been stolen just scrolling because I figured someone would have captured and put it up there by now. Next time something like that happens, I'll capture the damn thing while while before we go on live. I don't care if we're late. We're late all the time anyway, but I'll get the damn thing myself. I figured by now it would be up. But it was just such... It was like Dark Order punches bad, you know? I couldn't recover, you know, like for a while. I couldn't recover for the rest of Raw just because of the fact that that looked so terrible. But yeah, Street Profits, terrible mic segment. He was trying to explain alternate universes and ironically... Hopefully there's an alternate universe out there where he didn't fuck that promo up. The one I'm in, though, womp womp. Randy Orton. So I saw the house show footage yesterday, the clearly worked house show footage where he hurt his knee. And it was like, oh, they're they're setting up a storyline using a house show. How weird. 
I wonder what they're going to do. I hope this is worth it and not going to just be sort of later on. He go, ha ha, RKO out of nowhere. I tricked you. But then you remember there was Raw coming up next. Bet you never expected me, Randy Orton, the guy with the RKO out of nowhere to hit you. It a surprise RKO. Ha. Didn't see that one coming. They gave us like seven minutes to question whether or not Randy Orton was faking his injury. That's the problem. He comes out with crutches. Clearly, this is a work because you're not going to be, they're not going to let someone that's that injured roll into the ring and struggle the way that he did. And he was really selling it. He was really selling the injury. Secondly, if the injury happened last night, you're telling me that by then he, he flew to Birmingham or wherever the hell he has to fly and, and got his, uh, got, got evaluated, got his x-rays, got everything back and was ready by the following day. To, to announce that not only is his career potentially over, but that it's because of his knee, your knee, not your back or your neck, your knee, dude, like we could replace your whole leg like in Star Wars at this point. Mick Foley has no real, real knees. Nothing uh, on Hogan except his eyelids are real. Mick Fury's, how do I say Mick Fury? We probably because of the, Mick the Fury. Knee. Mick Foley's knee. Okay. One of them gets Bluetooth and the other one has Wi-Fi. That's how artificial those fucking legs are. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, for him to be come out there, for him to try to trick us with an injury, oh, because of my knee, my career's probably over forever. Come on. Boo. They just said Ray does blood magic. Oh. Yeah, it was just silly. It was just really silly. But, uh, yeah, you know, AJ comes out there playing his comedic heel character, poking at Orton, just for Orton to be like, surprise, I'm not hurt at all. RKO. And Cooler RKO, was sold. Cool. RKO's supposed to be out of nowhere, not out of seven minutes of contemplation. You know, that's what it was. Instead of an RKO out of nowhere, it was a it was a RKO out of seven contemplative minutes. It was an RKO out of minute seven. We already had time to wonder whether or not you're working us or not. On a show where we're always wondering if you're working us, he gave us seven minutes to think about it and to watch Orton and see whether or not he was actually injured. Come on, guys. You could do better than that. This is basic shit. Basic. Can they really do better than that, though? Someone can do better than that. I don't think it's them. Somebody can, but not them. You know, someone, please, do better than that. I mean, I'll write the show next week. I'll do better than that. I could go write this, you know, and we'll do it live. Do we have that here? <laughs> it's you know, here it's somewhere. Been, it's been so long that we don't even keep our our, our shit organized anymore. You know what I'm Somebody said we got to dig it out of obscurity. Like, yeah. yeah, I feel yeah. terrible about it because it, w- it was probably. Yeah, there we go. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. There you go. Some of these drops, man, we don't use them for a while. They just kind of get pushed in the back. Fucking there, thing there. sucks. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. Am I... Trip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Uh, here we go. Smoky Woods. Smoky Woods. Thank you. Thank you for the follow. Number 780. We're 20 away from 800. Uh, how far we have come. All right. So. Next, for some reason, they felt the need for Andrade to fight a jobber, eating up time. Yep. He's the new United States champion because he won the U.S. title at a house show at Madison Square Garden. And, of course, all of the dirt sheets will tell you that the reason they did this is because WWE wants to give you the impression that anything can happen at a house show. And every year I come on here and tell you guys, no, anything cannot happen at a house show. Anything can happen at a house show at Madison Square Garden. And every year, and every year, and every year, something does happen at a house show at Madison Square Garden. That does not mean that in Alabama next week, 
someone's going to lose a title or in Nebraska, someone's going to lose a title or in Arkansas, someone's going to lose a fucking title or in Utah. You know what I mean? It means that whenever they go to MSG, because it means a lot to them, they'll, they'll do it there. That's not, doesn't mean keep your eyes open at house shows. I don't even know why they try to work people with that nonsense. Because they think people are as stupid as they are. They really do. Newsflash. We're not. No, we are not. Ricochet. You know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Uh, here we go. <laughs> David 88 Dylan, thank you for the follow. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you all for the follows. And uh, yeah, so Ricochet comes out to save the, the, the job. Or they have a good workhorse match, basically, with Andrade going over Ricochet. Disappointingly, but thankfully, because you don't want to have the new United States champion lose credibility over the title. And I believe they're going for a rematch between him and Ray next Monday, is it? Yeah, next week. Yeah, which... uh. All right, you know we'll have to see how that basically goes. Those two always have really good matches together. So, and finally, ooh, well, okay. I know we get to the wedding next, but uh, before you get into that, oh god, <laughs> what else could there be? I, 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 I was scrolling through Twitter a little. I, no, I was scrolling through our Facebook a little bit, and I see this post. Uh, the group I always mention, the Spotlight that uh, I follow. I guess Brian Alvarez retweeted this one. Sky Sports. Because of the low ratings in the UK, Sky Sports is done with Raw. Oh, we knew this for a while, though, yeah. Sky yeah. Sports will no longer have, have Raw. I don't know if it was because of the low ratings, but don't they have a new partnership? With, who's their new partnership with? Uh, I, I can't remember who the new partnership is with. But I know the, um, Brian Alvarez retweeted this one. And he said, yet yeah, it's explained to me on a weekly on weekly on Twitter that ratings don't actually matter. Sky Sport WWE said, end of an era, the final Raw on Sky Sports airs tonight at 1 a.m., bringing to an end a 30-year partnership between the two brands. To all loyal WWE fans, we'll follow the product on all of our platforms over the past three decades. Thank you. Yes. Pretty sure they're done with this show sucking so bad. (laughs) Good. Everyone should be done with any show that sucks that bad. You know? I think that that's totally justifiable. Yeah. I can't wait to see what their ratings are, but it's not like they'll be lower than usual because not like people could have seen this coming. They'll be lower than usual the following week. Oh God! They, I'll tell you, they won't even touch five hundred thousand. <laughs> oh my God! I just can't believe. <laughs> Yo, I can't believe how bad this shit got. Like I said, I couldn't think of a better way for them to end the year and the decade than to just have the worst fucking time ever. You know, to just make sure. You know, instead of the ball dropping, they drop the ball. That's the best way to do it, right? Off the roof, into the manhole, never to be seen again. Okay. I'm going to, let me look here. I love the setup we have, like the build up for this ship. Because I'm putting this on. I'm putting this on. I just just want to look at some of this. Oh, here we go. If there is any man or woman with just cause. Oh, boy, is right. Well, we got to get the big screen up. Lovely human beings should not be married. Oh, here we go. Speak now or forever hold your peace. I object! What? This wedding has to stop. Keep in mind, guys, that this is the, the second or third objection. And also, the funny highlight, which we'll get the screenshot later, the funny highlight is that, uh, Freaking Bobby Lashley and Lana embrace, and Lashley has more makeup on him 
than Lana has on her. So all his brown makeup gets on her face and she just basically looks like she has a fucking skid mark across her face. She looked like she tried to go blackface and gave up like two seconds into it. Exactly. <laughs> she looked like she started with wanting to go Wesley Snipes blackface and then pussied out and just decided to go like Billy D. Williams blackface. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me just bring this up real quick. Also, discovered this one before the show came on tonight. Uh, Xavier Woods, Austin Creed. It's ironic how we play this shit. Actually, wait, no, no, we gotta finish the rest of this bit before I get to this. Let's just this fin- let's, do, let's get this off the screen. Yeah, let's watch. I am so sorry, but this just can't go on. The love of my life is right there. I wouldn't have made it through this year if it wasn't for our love. And I never knew that I could be myself until we met and fell in love with each other. I've never touched this woman my entire life. Oh, come on! I don't know what she's talking about. She ain't fucking you, Bobby. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Bobby. I'm talking about Lana. Look at her with her shit stained face. But what are you thinking with this show, man? Her face looks like Bethesda fucked up the texture on her face. (laughs) So they didn't upload the whole thing to YouTube because they don't want you to see all those shit stains. Like, there was a whole first half of this. Her face is just browning. She looks like she's a fucking cereal brown noser. She looks like she looks light skin in the first bit. I just love that that happened. It, it, it's to me, it, it's just poetic justice for what their uh, for what their fucking brand oh, looks like at this point. Man, honestly, I can't. <laughs> oh, oh. Man, I was I was literally laughing through this whole thing. It's almost like yeah, I'm seeing I... it for the first time. <laughs> and then they get into a fight. So wait a minute, are they lovers? Is this domestic violence? I <laughs> like what happened. I don't believe what we're seeing. I can't believe the Bobby Lashley's wearing a fucking sleeveless tux with no shirt underneath. What? Not the fucking hell. Looks like a jiggler. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, I wanted three minute warning. Too bad they didn't have both guys alive anymore. See, what the hell is going on here? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Man. Yes. No, man. stay with that a little bit longer. She had a lesbian lover yes. and you guys just glossed over that? Okay. Right. Good. What do you mean man and wife? Her lesbian lover just came in here and fucking fought her. <laughs> Bobby, I have my credential. And then big surprise. Of course, Rusev. Look, he botched coming out of the cake. Whoops, came out wrong side. You saw that? 
It's Rusev! He's crashing the wedding! Like, where are the people who show up before? Look at that, the top. The top says the ultimate gift for WWE fans. I beg to differ. Oh. Oh. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Oh. At least you get that Bobby Lashley ass whipping. Yeah. Anything that ends with Bobby Lashley getting his ass whooped is like okay with me. Like I was just hoping that Rusev didn't slip on the cake during the Machka kick. No, he's not Lashley. He'd be honest. Yeah, but that's a lot of cake. I'm not talking about Lana's ass. No. And even then, Bailey still got more. So. Yeah, Bailey has that fruit cake. <laughs> oh, what a oh no! <laughs> Bailey got that Christmas pound cake. See, so then what's happening here? So then she comes back? Like, so how the fuck the security let that little girl come in? You let that little girl disarm you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the most credible one out of that group was Finley, and his best days are behind him, so. So you had two interruptions, two objections to the wedding, because first, Lana's first husband shows up. They don't show that part, but Lana's first husband, and then one of Lashley's girlfriends, before you even get to that ending. Where Liv Morgan, after all that build-up for her debut and what she's going to be, how she's going to be, she turns out to be Lana's lesbian lover. They 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 threw them into this crazy-ass storyline. And then it gets even better because while Sky went Facebook, I see this pop up in one of the, in one of the groups I'm part of. It's from Austin Creed. So Liv comes out, reveals her and Lana's secret relationship, and now Lana's got egg on her face. Maybe not egg, but makeup transfer at the very least. Wedding chairs still empty. Drama. <laughs> yeah. Like I said before, it looks like she's either been brown nosing or, or Liv Morgan doesn't wipe properly. Or her and Lashley were experimenting. Yeah, those are definitely the kind of experiments that I don't want to <laughs> be a part of. Hey, shit. Literally. She was, fucking, she, was, she, was, she, was, she was fucking reliving that that Liv bit with Leo Rush. Show me your favorite pose, Lashley. Liv got that chocolate cake, apparently. Stop! <laughs> Mark said Liv got that cake. I'm like, yeah, it must be chocolate. You know? Oh, dear Lord. That's literally how the last Raw of the decade went off the air. And, and, and keep in mind, people, when that bit had started, Raw had already been overrunning for like 30 seconds. 30 seconds? 30, 30 seconds. seconds. It had to have been like, what? How long did it? They, they, went, went, they went over nine minutes. Yeah. So many 30 seconds oh, went oh, by. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. They went overkill. Felt like I was there for my entire life. And then it didn't. And then even though it ended there, we now see on YouTube that it continued afterwards, which is the first time <laughs> we're all going to see this. Here we go. God, her acting sucks. It's terrible. And that's the problem with the Lana stuff. They could make Lana a heel easily without them having to lay it on so thick and ruining it. It's so forced that it's hard to take it seriously. Like, just her being self-centered and having a wedding 
is enough to make people hate her. They don't have to have her come out go, it's all about me. Lana, Lana, Lana. You know what I mean? Like, you're blatantly, un- you're not believable as a heel when you're, when you're forcing it that much. So that's all the finish was here. It's just her on the floor covered in cake and Rusev and Liv Morgan celebrating. Yeah, well, she goes, no. No. It still doesn't make any sense. Like, let's let's go back into the... And now Liv Morgan's throwing cake at her. Can we revisit this whole lesbian thing? Like, what's what happened with that? Who was the top or who was the bottom? Like, I need answers. Like, like yeah. I was so over it. I was so over it by the time they hit about seven minutes of overrun. I was like, okay, Ryan likes clam. Now go off the camera. <laughs> we have a gay storyline in WWE. And the crowd did not give a shit. And they don't, they don't emphasize it. And they never even bother to tell us who was the top and who was the Bennett. I mean, bottom. <laughs> Fruity and Slip there. Who was the top? What is going on? It's ridiculous. You know it's bad when there's a lesbian love angle and nobody cares. You They burn the crowd out on this angle that bad. Yeah, they, you, but you know me, what? You me they, they didn't make them care though. Lovers, I wouldn't have cared. They didn't make them care though, and that's my problem with this angle. They did not make them fucking care. They didn't show this angle. It was like, by the way, she's my lesbian lover, and then they just fought and it went on to other things. Fucking Mark said, "Don't you mean who was the top and who was the Lars?" I'm done. Well, that's why I said the Bennett wasn't his name. Uh, something Bennett. You know what? You're right. That's why I said the top and the Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew what I was doing. Wow. Is that it? Is that the end of Raw? Yeah. Wow, we got out of here a little bit earlier than uh, we usually do. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up upon this wrap up? Uh, besides that, happy birthday, Ray Phoenix. Happy <laughs> birthday, Ray it. Phoenix. Yeah, I did see uh, Pentagon wish his brother a happy birthday, which it was technically yesterday, but I mean, huh? Yeah. And that literally closes off the entire decade with the last episode of Talk Brunch of the year and uh, of the decade, ironically. So I guess I'll say some closing words here because it'd be a dick move not to. But yeah, I wanted to thank all of you guys for like, I guess the last five years have been fantastic. And a lot of incredible things have happened. And I feel like we've truly just started to hit our stride in regards to the show having a a good formula. Not to say that we weren't always entertaining or that we didn't always have fun. But the formula had always been a work in progress, you know, where we didn't know. Sometimes I felt it would go too long or there were too many people on here or just too much useless information. You know, like I said, going into this next year. And that literally starts effective next Monday. It's going to be a lot more casual. I think that we do better as just a more casual show where we have fun. Um, I like talking less about the details of everything in the weeklies. That, that's what used to make these episodes sometimes three, even four and a half hours going into mat move for move and everything. We'll talk about what's relevant. And if you're, if it's important enough to you, then you watch that brand, but I'm only going to bring up, uh, what's relevant. But again, not to, uh segue too much i digress i just wanted to say that yeah thank you for everyone who supported this this entire time because uh it's definitely what motivates us to keep doing this um 
And if I didn't have the support system that I did, it would be impossible, literally impossible for me to do this too. So of course I'm going to thank my girlfriend of two decades, uh, Stasis for doing this and for being a support and for helping me put it together and, you know, keeping me. Trust me when I say that that's literally, uh, my lifeline. It wouldn't be possible to do half this shit or any of this shit, you know, without that, you know, because you got to eat and live and survive and be able to, to life on and uh it definitely having someone who supports the things you do makes that easy you know oh yeah and honestly yeah, stasis is one of the pieces stasis is the glue to this shit like yeah we've had and we don't go too much into it because we've learned you we have a smart community they usually get the idea of when things happen and the reason why things happen we've had past panelists on here that haven't been as blessed as i have been and when i say that what i mean is that when someone really uh, cares about you, I think unconditionally, they should allow you to do whatever you do, want to do and be as creative as possible. And, uh, we've had people on here who haven't had that. You know what I mean? We've had people on here who have had, uh, spouses and significant others and people who haven't, uh, who kind of criticized them. You know, Stasis has never, uh, complained if I'm on here at five in the morning, if I have to stay doing something editing or if I have to work on the site or put the poll together for you guys, not one time ever in the five years that we've done this, has there ever been a complaint? And I know it can be tedious and our hours can be tedious. There hasn't even been like a hint of a complaint. And on the other side of that, I look at people that have had to literally leave the show because not even because of their own desires, but uh, because of the desires of people around them, you know? I mean, we can look at the elephant in the room. And at the end of the day, Jen has a shitty marriage, which is the reason she's not on here anymore. She has a shitty husband who was very controlling. We never really talked about it on here, but that's sort of what made her have to leave. She was going through some serious marriage trouble. And it was because the guy was a fucking piece of garbage that used to control her. And uh, she had her own issues there. She had her own self-esteem issues, if you will, that she was suffering through, which didn't make it any easier dealing with that kind of stuff. And then to top it off, having to worry about a husband controlling what you do, giving you, he was setting timers on her internet, things of that nature. And it became too difficult to just work around. And uh, I advise anyone who, um, who has to deal with that kind of stuff to really assess the situation. Ask yourself if it's worth it when people are bullying you and, and, you know, basically punishing you for having other invested interests. Because in a healthy relationship, um, you'll be supportive of the other person's productivity, their creativity, if you will. And uh, I'm just grateful to be blessed enough to have that. And I can do whatever the hell I want. And I never have to feel any kind of way about it. Which, if you don't have that in a relationship, reassess. Exactly. You know, reassess. Because, uh, like I said, if I didn't have that, none. I wouldn't do any of this. You know, my priority is always my life. As much as you guys, I tell you guys I put into this as much as you see. I prioritize my life over this every single day of the year and that takes no disrespect from talk about this community but it's simply because i know that if the relationship life and the home life wasn't okay none of this would work out for me you know what i mean there can be no me without like the home stability and knowing that i have like a you know just a great life you know so yeah i just wanted to definitely say thank you and of course i'm grateful to you destin who um definitely have been the greatest co-host on here the most consistent and the smartest too, you know, there used to be, and that was another thing. There was a point where I didn't think I'd be doing this anymore because the stress, not even on the air, but the stress off the air of just getting everyone's ducks in a row, making sure everyone has their, their microphone set up in a, 
they know what they're doing. After a while, I was being leaned on a little bit too hard in the pre-production going into these episodes where it was driving me nuts. And on the other hand, the the dynamics totally different with Destin and I. We don't do all of that shit anymore. There is no pre-planning. We don't we, we we sometimes we don't we barely even speak about anything before we're on here. Most of the time, 99% of the time, we don't speak about anything aside from this is going to be a rough one or this is going to be a lot or it's not organized. It's never where before it was like if I was a fucking quarterback, you know, and I was getting the whole team positioned and telling them we were going to blitz and all of a sudden I write a right break. And it, it just got to that point where it was crazy and it was stressful for me. And I think in a lot of ways, his presence saved the show from that because it became more casual and uh, less stressful because he was somebody who organically knows how to speak. And I'm not taking anything away from past uh, panelists, but I just kind of feel like they were a lot of them were overcompensating with a lot of preparation that Destin simply does not need, nor do I. And uh it became a lot easier once we were both able to establish that you either when it comes to this kind of stuff, you're either going to know what you're talking about or not. I don't need somebody on here for half an hour reciting to me almost verbatim dirt sheet reports of what happened in New Japan move for move to overcompensate for not having their own fucking opinion or their own way to articulate their opinion because they don't have the strength to. What I need are people to have opinions. At the end of the day, we all have access to the same dirt sheets. It's not like we're fucking wizards here. You guys can go look up the dirt sheets, make your own show, or just look up the dirt sheets and not need to listen to this one. I'd like to think the reason people listen is because of the community, because of our opinions. You want to hear us talk about the stuff, you know, not just the stuff in general. You know, and I think that's the most important part. And a lot of you have vocally come to me and people have said, you know, we don't really want to hear about the the wrestling move from over and that. We just like hearing you guys talk about your opinions on things, which is that's what this is. This is an opinion show. And uh, I think he I think Destin grasped that concept better than most people, uh, better than almost all people have. And uh, he sort of brought the show back to my original vision of it in a lot of ways because if you guys recall early talk brunch double digit episodes even single digit i always saw it as like a two-man thing possibly every now and then having on a third person as a special thing and uh you know we 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 associated with other networks and we picked up a lot of their dirty habits and we incorporated them into our clean show and we wound up here with basically a group you know large group of people used to be like almost 10 minutes long yeah, large group of people, which those episodes were fun. And I'm not ruling out having those kind of episodes in the future. But I'm just saying that right now, this has literally, the ship has been steered back on its original course. And I don't I have no regrets about doing any of those other things. Sometimes you need to do a lot of those things to find out what you want to do and what you don't want to do. And uh this is one of those cases, you know, where it's kind of like I've experienced it both ways. I've done the group panel and I've done uh just the host and co-hosting. And truth be told, I prefer the co-hosting. I prefer Destin and myself. Uh, and that doesn't mean I wouldn't bring other people into Walking Dead or Telltale Nights or Party Game Zone. But the main show, I think, is a little bit too polished now. No disrespect to anybody for me to just let any motherfucker on here because they have an opinion. You know, so there, there, there will be some major screening if we would even have people. And as far as them being regulars, I don't know. I don't know about that. You know, that's something that would have to be discussed going forward. So, like I said, I'm ending this year on a much better note than I started it. It was probably the hardest year of my life between that and having to move the studio and everything else. There were times where I had just enough time throughout the day to move and get my shit together just to be on here. 
and I didn't have time to do much else this year. You know, and that's there the were times why- we used to talk almost all day, and you'd be like, "Give me almost play by play how crazy the day used to be going." Close friend of mine who ran a comic book store uh, once said, when I was helping him move, he once said, "When it's time to move, you 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 learn who your friends are." And uh, thankfully enough, uh, like I said, dearly departed, God rest his soul. But thankfully enough, never were truer words spoken because that's sort of how I felt. I've always been the kind of guy where. I take offense. It's going to sound funny, but this is me. If you don't like it, fuck you. I take offense to people who reach out to me on the holidays. I know that's going to sound funny, but I take offense when I hear from someone or I see my phone ring or I get a voice message, any kind of contact, and it's December 24th or December 25th. Fuck you. Fuck right off. Same thing with Thanksgiving. Fuck right off because I think that's superficial interactions. It's my philosophy, my values. No one has to agree, but I don't like people, friends, family, or otherwise where they're not contacting you so much because they're uh, invested in you. They're contacting you because it's the holidays and that's the thing to do. Why not hear from you? September, September 12th for some shit, you know, exactly. or 13 further away from terrorism, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? Wow. I just tried to die. I realized how close I was. You know, when I met in New York, I was too close to, but you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, the point being though, that when I, when I had to move, when I had to move the studio and I had to prepare and set everything back up and upgrade, um, I got a better perspective of who, who my friends and family are. And I really also appreciate that, you know, because, uh, and it counts for the community as friends and family. It counts for you as friends and family. That's then it counts for, uh, you know, stasis and people in my life. And it's like, that's some shit I won't forget the same way. I do take personally, and I'm not going to forget the people that in the wake of their own weakness have abandoned us. I'm also not going to forget that the people uh, who stood with us in the face of adversity ever. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. And I'm so happy that this year's ending so much more chill than uh, it began. That being said, this is the last episode. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, true words never spoken. I mean, like I just said a second ago, Stasis has been the glue of this fucking thing. Stasis is here for everything. It's to the point where I've become, I'd like to think I've become such good friends with Stasis to the point where when I'm cracking jokes on the show, nine times out of ten, I'm looking to hear her laugh in the background just because it's that little ray of sunshine, it's that little mini victory every time. But I mean, whether it's us always gaming together, there's some times where fucking we'll get off of the air here and then we'll be on Wednesday for game night. Me and Rick won't talk for the rest of the week. But when it rolls around Monday, we ready to go because there's always a mutual understanding. Some of you guys remember back when I used to do the second servings. Rick didn't have to let me do that shit. But it was something where it was just it was something I always like to do. I don't do it as much now because UFC starting to fall the wayside. But I remember... And I think you might remember this too. Right before we would always start, it'd be like, all right, this is uh, your show. I'm pretty much following the lead. And it was a level of trust we had there because it was always known. He knew I knew what I was doing to the point where you just had to hit the button. I was ready to go. Hell, what was it? Extreme rules. I got the whole step post show. I've never yeah. hosted a fucking post show before. 
but it was a level of confidence where it's like, you know what, you've got this. I've seen you do this a thousand times before. It's a level of trust. And I think for those who don't know, when I got the word that I was going to be the new co-host, that was just a random, hey, you around, let's chat for a second conversation. I had no idea that shit was coming. I I was content where I was at, but I I'd earned that spot and I was more than glad to take it. Yeah, the moment I moved to the new studio and set everything up, I that was my first part. I like I knew I already knew that I was going to tell him that because honestly, that was the thing. Uh, and it's like I'm, no one's obligated to do anything I, either for anything aside from maybe a sense of honor and loyalty. But everyone who's ever been part of this team knew that I was very vocal about the fact that this summer, this past summer, was going to be very difficult for me. Uh, just because, you know, life, just having to move, having to worry about shit, shit taking time to, to, to set everything up. But I did want to make sure that there was still a program for our supporters, for our community, even if I wasn't going to be a part of it, which I don't care if I'm on here or not. My, my priority is just that there's something for everybody, small community, large community. It's our community. And, uh, my priority was just that there's something, even if it doesn't include me. And uh, I was vocal about that to everyone. So I, I kind of felt like a little bit let down when when I really needed that coverage. Uh, it wasn't there as much as I would have liked it to be. And Destin literally had been, you know, which is what made it possible, even though I still had to um, divide time. It made it possible to still do this show, move and never miss an episode. We never missed an episode. And that's the thing I've, I've said on here before, and I've been very vocal about this. I get it. People have problems in life and work and families and shit happens, but you don't let it overcome you. And I did that more because of that. All of the people that have fallen apart or couldn't handle shit sort of inspired me to, uh, to not be that way. I don't think it would be possible, you know, and that's the reason why I don't hold grudges. I think that if people didn't break under pressure and, and dip out when their own lives got difficult, who's to say I wouldn't have? But me seeing, uh, that happen to others, I think gave me that extra drive where I always knew that wasn't going to be me. I was never going to be the person who goes, you know what? I can't because that's what happens. Yeah. The worst words you could tell someone is I can't because you can, you can always. And, uh, I never wanted to be an I can't. So I won't. And I, and I owe everyone negative or positive. My experience with you in 2019 helped mold me and this community into what it needed to be, you know? So mm, thank you. Sure. And, uh, I'm always going to try to repay that, that with content and with stuff to do and not just on Mondays, on Tuesdays, gaming streams. You guys know how we do it. It's not changing. All right. Yeah. No doubt. We ready to wrap up here? Yep. <sighs> Last one of 2019. That being said, thank you. To everyone who has hung out with us, all of you wonderful people who have been here for this entire episode and all the other episodes, but specifically in the chat room tonight, we had Stasis Dreams, Kula Ice, EB, Willie V2, Joe Wall, Six Slayer, CM Harris 7387, Mark710, Noro the King 20, Matt Squires, Avail Panda, Sugar Shane, Stonyhenge 2680 Braxton 2005 Fry, Friday 13 455 Devil Match 1 and 3 Jimbo Rad Drewster 7 Prunai Blue Wolf 247 Smokey Bomb David 88 Dylan Comic Canvas 817 00DC 420 Woozy MU 316 and Speedy Prism 50 
three. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 359, your final episode of the decade and the year of 2019. I've been your host as always, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin, we are out of here. 2019, one last time, baby. We out here.